our final episode of Talk About Board Games podcast, we enjoy several games on a game day. Take a walk down memory lane of the podcast, and we finish up with our last playthrough review, the game Fortune and Glory. This is Fred. This is Talk About Board Games, episode 60, and once again, for the last time on this podcast, I'm joined by my wife. Nicole. Nicole. Yes, Fred. This is it. This is it. Are you sorry to see it go? Yes and no. Yes and no, or just no? Hmm? Yes and no. Okay, sass. We'll hear about that. Yeah. But one of the things I didn't say earlier is sometimes it's just time to be done. Like, think about British TV. Yeah. Like, they know when it's time to say done. That's why they're like three seasons long and they only do like six episodes in a season. Are you saying you just look at your watch and it's done o'clock? Well, I'm not wearing a watch. (laughs) (laughs) Is it done o'clock? For today, yeah. Really? Yeah. Now, Nicole... We got a pretty big episode here, so let's just get to it. Now, before we end it all, (laughs) bad phrase, before we end it all, let's let's talk about some games that we played, okay? Okay. We like to game with gods, we like to game with dice, so this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what God played. All right, Nicole. All right, Fred. Recently, we did something kind of fun that we normally don't get a chance to do. What did we do? Played games. What, I mean, we, we played a <laughs> game at somebody's house, though. I know. We? we went to someone else's house and played. That's rare. That is rare. For us, that's rare. Super rare. We don't get to go over to other people's houses and then play, like, more than one games. Right. It's not very often. No, it's pretty rare. <clears throat> and we did that recently. Who did we go hang out with, Nicole? We went and saw Daniel and Jamie... And Hold on a second. Is this Daniel and Jamie of Blood Rage episode fame, uh, of, of the Concordia fame, and Daniel of Elder Sign fame? And Discworld fame. And, yes. Fame. Is this the same Daniel? <laughs> yes. And well, then, then this is my favorite Daniel I know. And then there was Frank <laughs> from... Wait a second. Is this Frank <laughs> from The Others' Seven Sins fame? Yes. That's my favorite Frank. Okay. Right after that? We had Chris. Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Is this Chris from our Tabcast All-Stars episode and from our Eldritch Horror episode? Well, then Daniel would have been in that one, too. Well, I'm just saying, is it the same Chris? Yes. That is the best Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sabrina showed up Wait late. Wait a second. Is this Sabrina who showed up late? But showed up on and time at the the buffet. Is this the Sabrina who wrecked the buffet at the Hero Club this morning? No. Well, Sabrina, your officer Todd must be very proud of you. <laughs> Name that movie. Do, 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 do. That was Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. <laughs> a more memorable m- quote would have been what? I'm not going to fall for a banana on the tailpipe again. <laughs> Again, that was the wrong <laughs> no, word. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. 
<laughs> Anyways. Anyhow, Sabrina, yes, she was also on the Eldritch Horror episode. Right. Now, okay. she showed up, and what do we play? And then there was uh, Frank's girlfriend. She's never been on anything, and I can't remember her name right off. I'm right. sorry, Frank's girlfriend. You're very nice. Frank's unnamed was... girlfriend from none of the podcasts. Yeah, which is why I can't remember her name. I can't either. I'm a horrible person. No, you're not. She should have been on an episode if she wanted to be remembered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nicole. Here's something. I'm gonna, I mean, right off the bat, I just want to start with the game that I bought. I told you I wanted for Christmas, and I brought it to this get-together, and then you guys told me, go read a rule book instead of playing this game. We have too I many players. I had nothing to do with that we conversation. Had too many players. I had And I nothing. was kicked out of my own game. Okay, first off, okay. there were bunnies in the backyard. I was off trying to pet the bunnies. Right. And I sent Daniel out there. With the dog. With the the beagle. (laughs) To scare off my bunny. So I would have been just as fine. That's what beagles sound like. Yes, it is. I would have been just as fine off petting my bunnies and being out in the yard. That that beagle was a sweetheart. And you could have played your little celestial game. He was a sweetheart. Celestia game. Although it was, it's a good game. I liked it. Was it? That's not the point. The point is, I had nothing to do with the decision to have you not play. I had everything to do with the decision to get Nicole to stop playing with bunnies. They were so cute. <laughs> they were so sweet. <laughs> that dog was so sweet and cute. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't know about your bunnies. They were adorable. All right. So what did you play? Celestia. We just said that. Right. Right. How'd it go? It went well. What was it like? Oh, God. I have to talk about it? You played the game. I did play the Tell game. Tell me all about it, Nicole. No, I'm bad at this. Do it. But I screw these Don't things look at my up. Notes. Okay, I have to. It is a competitive game. It's is a it? cooperative competitive game in a weird way. So you can make weird deals. You can make deals, kind of. Not really. You're not exactly making a deal. Basically, okay, so you've got these different levels. Right. And you're in a little airship. Now by levels you mean celestial like, cities. Fine, yes. Okay. okay. But they, they go up and up into the air, I guess. We can fry in this all you want. Whatever. <laughs> So you start on like more of a base level and one of you at the table is going to be the captain of the ship. Every turn. Every turn. So it's going to rotate around of who who the captain is. How many cities were there? I seem to remember there were like 10. I think so. Something like that. Eight or or 10. So if you're going to go from city number one to city number 10, you would change turns like nine times. I don't remember. It's true. Keep going. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a captain. Right. The captain's job right. is to first roll as many dice as what that city calls for you to roll. Mm-hmm. It's going to be at least two. It could be up to four. And when you roll these dice, right. you have a hand of cards. And what do these dice show? These dice will show like little lightning bolts, little puffy clouds. They've got Birds. Now, what do those correspond to? They correspond to the cards you have in your hand. Everybody gets dealt like five or six cards. So your cards in your hand have symbols that match the symbols on the dice. Hopefully. Meaning what? I'm getting to that. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So anyhow, you have a hand of cards. The captain... Rolls his however many dice. First level, right. rolls two dice. Let's say he rolls a bird and he rolls a bolt of lightning. Right. Everybody else that's in the boat mm-hmm. has to say, hmm, I trust that our captain can navigate through this 
birds and lightning. So they're guessing what cards they're are in your hand. They're guessing what cards are in the captain's hand. Because you have to match the symbols. And the captain can't say anything one way or the other. Can you, like, make stuff like, oh, yeah, I got this. Can you say that? I don't. I didn't see anything that said you couldn't. I'm saying you can. You, you probably can, you could. You can lie. You just can't tell them what to But you can't actually say that, that you... You can't you know, say you what You can't show your cards. cards. Yeah. Right. You're not supposed to say, well, yeah, I've got this. They're supposed to bet whether or not. I mean, you can you can goof around or whatever you want so to if, do. If they but bet, if they if bet, they yes. Say, if they say, yeah, I think that he's got this. They're staying in the boat. If they go, I don't trust this captain. I'm going to bail. They go to the city. Right. When they go to that city, they take a card. That mm-hmm. card is worth a certain amount of points. And the higher that you go in the little celestial cities, the more points that they are worth. So each of these cities has their own deck of cards. Right. And they're worth more Little points point as cards. they go? They're worth more points as they go. However, some of them, when you uh, before you get up to the top two cards, top two cities, right. um, they have a variance of points. So it can be it's gonna be at least, say, six points. Right. But it could be up to, you know, twelve or twenty or I don't even know what the mm-hmm. I don't think it told you, it just said six plus. So you know it it could potentially be more than six points, but it's at right. least gonna be six points. Okay. okay, fine. Well, if any of those decks run out. That's it. If you jump off at that level, then you don't get any points. So if you say, I don't think this captain can overcome this challenge, you get out of the boat at the city you're in. Uh Uh-huh. And you draw a card. Right. And if there's no cards, you don't get a card. And those first few cities say, like, five plus, which means it could be five. Most of the time it's five, but it could be more. One plus, two plus, four plus, six plus, eight plus, ten plus, et cetera. But the last one's, like, 25, but no plus. The last two are like, one of them's 20, but no plus, and one's 25, but no plus. Right. Right. Okay. So, but you have to, okay, so let's say that the captain does not have those cards in his hand. Right. The whole thing comes crashing back down to the base city. Hmm. If you bailed early, you got to keep your card, but if you're still stuck in the boat, you just have to go back down to the bottom. But then everybody draws back up their hand of cards to potentially be able to overcome those obstacles later. Right. So the captain crashes. Everybody who believes in the captain loses all chance for points this round. Right. Okay. Now, there's little specialty cards in there as well, Mm -hmm. which we kind of learned as we went. And I think that would definitely uh, change the game if you knew what they were before you played it, because we didn't all know what all the cards were until we saw them in our hand. And we're like, wait a minute, somebody give me the book. Well, some of them are like, you can play it at any time, and you can say, yeah. nope, I'm going to have you re-roll those dice. Ha-ha. Um, That's once you're off the ship. No, some of them, you, there's like one of that you could do any time. Like if you're, if you're, you could only do it like if you're still on the ship or something. Um, and then there's one that you can only do if you're off the ship uh, that has some sort of weird reaction. There's right. one that says that you've got like, uh, it's a wild card. Um, and then there's one that if you are still on the ship then you can kick the captain off the ship, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Or me, whichever or way mean. you want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, then the, per- the way to win is to get up to 50 points. If, you get, if you're the first one to 50 points, you win. Right. Okay. Um, so you... The one thing I thought was kind of weird about this game, yes, you do travel through each little stage, and you try to get to the highest amount of points and you're trying to you're constantly rotating who you're supposed to have sort of a belief that they can complete this. Right. And they can they can say, oh, yeah, I can do it. But they they may not be able to. They may yeah. be just bluffing. But if no one's on the ship 
No one's left on the ship. The captain can, at that point, abandon ship, but the captain has to wait for every passenger to dive off the ship before they can actually say that. Right. So it is possible for a captain to know they can't complete it, have everyone jump off the ship, but I I don't know if they could say that they couldn't do it. But I guess they could because they could bluff. You, you. can bluff, yeah. Because you're trying to get to a point total. So if everybody so jumps like, off the ship, you can be like, ha ha, I totally had <laughs> but this. But the game and keep does going. require you to play them if you can right. match them. You have to. Uh, another thing that's kind of crazy is you guys in your game talked about how you crash so many times that you drew a ton of cards and everybody had so many cards because people couldn't somehow had bad luck so early in, on the dice. They just weren't believing anybody could actually get there because we kept we kept rolling birds. And, like, Jamie was the only one that had birds. Like, I mean, once you've kind of gone right. through and, and you know, like, okay, I was supposed to, when I was captain, I, I placed, like, two cards. Right. Or discarded two cards or whatever, and neither of them was birds. Right. Or I said I didn't have birds to begin with, and I haven't gotten to play any cards since. Mm-hmm. You know I don't have birds, well, so if I, I recall, roll birds, I recall, it's a problem. You know, I was sitting at the table, but not playing at some point. And I do recall Jamie saying, "I'm the one who has all the bird cards. I don't know how many there are in the deck, but I've got like six of them in my hand." Right, and that means you probably don't have enough to take care of this challenge. And she was bailing on stuff, and people were were pulling out an extra spare bird card and or playing wild, wild cards, cards yeah. to supplement the birds. And she was like kind of not playing to the full potential because she was so sure that she had the market cornered on birds. (laughs) Uh, One thing that's kind of crazy is that you only draw one card in between missions and several cards could be played by you on a single mission. On any given turn, you could play like four cards, up to four cards. Was it just one card that you drew back up? You got one card after every wreck or finished mission. Okay. One. So it's like your card decks don't replenish very well. Right. But if you haven't been the captain, then you, you're you just gaining a card right. like every time it crashes. Uh, another thing I noticed about this game, and of course that's because I opened it, read the rules, prepared myself to play, put everything together, and then didn't play. The uh, <laughs> the components are pretty you good. You left me for the bunnies. For such a little poof game, you get this nice little cardboard ship, and you get these little like traditional kind of wooden pawns. But you get to put those little pawns inside of the ship, and they all fit in there. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really, pr- it's pretty cute. fun little game. Yeah. Nice little push your luck, nice and light. Right, but it is it is a little bit of a take that kind of thing, and if you get too bluffy, so. Well, just because we. And because of some of those uh, other cards, you know, were mean, some of them. Well, I mean, I, I, I just want to ask you, you've played it. Mm-hmm. What would you, would you recommend this card, mm-hmm. or this game, or mm-hmm. is, it, is, is it like a four out of five, or? What would it be? I liked it. I think it was at least a four. Yeah. I mean, it's really light. And if you're not into like a push that or push, push that, push your luck kind of thing. Push but, you that know, I, we played it with quite a few people, too. And I don't know. We had the full player count. Yeah. Of seven. Is that right? Or was it six? Six. Because I was the seventh player. Right. So, but I don't know if it'd be. I can't rec- I can't necessarily recommend or not recommend based on a low player count. Right. Um. I think it's a lot more fun having more people because you're. It's more easy to get you know to at least trust the group and and everybody risk everything. Right. You have kind of a better idea of what cards other people are going to have to because you've kind of gone around the table and and you know that they don't have lightning and they don't have mm-hmm. birds and they don't have thunder clouds and right. whatever. With just a couple people, I think that'd be more difficult. I played a I two player game as a practice game to prep for the game that I didn't See, play. You've played it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
there wasn't very much. It wasn't easy to guess because right. there were so many more possibilities of what you could have. So probably less strategy, more luck as a two-player, two-to-three-player. Uh-huh. A lot more, or not necessarily a lot of strategy involved. There's still quite a lot of luck, right. but a little bit more strategy involved with right. a higher player count. I think you get count. farther in a higher player count probably. turn. All right. So that is it. Celestia. About, mm-hmm. I think it was like $25, so it's a little high price for what is in that box to me. But you do get a neat little airship, and it's a fun mm-hmm. little push your luck. Yeah, I think it's good. I think the components Artwork's are nice. Good. Cards are nice. Yeah, artwork was fine. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we played a game called Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space, I think. Escape the Aliens from Outer Space. Is that really the title? I don't know. That's what you wrote. I know, but that might be wrong. Oh, now i got to look it up. I think it's Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. i got to look it up. Uh, this I'll do game, your job. Don't worry. Sh- this game was a uh, a successful print and play for a while, and it is a secret movement game, and it doesn't actually have a game board. This game has uh, has a bunch of little hidden movement maps, dry erase maps that you pass out to each player, and I think it plays up to eight. Um, each player will play as either an alien trying to kill all the humans or humans trying to escape a ship by moving to escape pods. And you have these little hexagonal spaced uh, maps that you move around randomly. Right. And each map above it has like a little space tracker that tells you, you know, to write each turn which space you moved into. So if someone really wanted to keep you honest, they could. Not me. I'm a liar. Now, to to start, players are evenly divided in teams. Their dealt cards is either aliens or humans that have a like back and they're mixed up. If there's an odd number, the advantage actually goes to the aliens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Each player then receives the, like has their little dry erase pad, and they 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 also receive a uh, a special uh, or whatever their human card is could potentially have a special designation and tell you what type of human you are. I, I think aliens were aliens, but humans had special abilities, right? They both had potential for a special ability. Okay, so you had everybody has special abilities, and we did play with that version of this, which I did not like. Now there were that eight. Part. There, there were eight different maps in each of these books, and we played map number three or something like that. We played what looked like the <laughs> hardest map possible. Now, and, and the map we had, it was like two little central points, sort of sp- like divided by a little space, like sort of like a little mini donut, and in each of the four corners of this this rectangular sl- kind of map were escape pods. Uh, escape from the aliens in outer space. That's what I said. You're welcome. Um, it's not actually, but okay. I said escape from the aliens in outer space, and you you said it was what I wrote down. I said I think it's the other way. Well, it was still in outer space. Right, I was still right. Okay, go ahead. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's like, you get these maps, and there's several spaces like on here. There's like a very, like, hundreds of spaces on these little maps mm-hmm. in this map we played at least and the spaces are, are designated as either little white spaces that are called like safe spaces and those don't create any noise or force you to draw a dangerous card and i'll talk about the dangerous cards in here in a second they also have these gray spaces that are dangerous spaces and cause you to actually draw a dangerous card and like it does cause noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last type of spaces, there's two different types, but they're like a escape pod space where only humans can move into, plus the human start space where only humans can move into, and the alien start space where only alien players can move into. 
And that's how that works. Right. Okay. So you got these secret maps and you start the first person's turn. You just pick a person and you start going around the turn around the table in clockwise order. Now, each turn you uh, will mark a space based on your movement rules. And the movement rules are this. Humans can move one space. Aliens can move two unless an alien's killed someone. If an alien has killed someone, they get bloodthirst and they can move up to three spaces. Right. Which is a huge advantage for alien players. Yes. So you, each turn you're moving around into one of the hexes, which is you have like usually up to six options to move into around you. If you move into a white space, you just declare there's no there's no sound in the uh, in the area. And if you move into a gray space, you draw a card. Now, this card is going to have one of three different outcomes. It's either going to say that you have to announce exactly where you are. Uh, it's going to say that you have to lie about where you are. And what's the last one? The last one is, is, is just no the noise. same effect as, as a, a white space where you just say there's no noise. Right. These also could double as equipment cards <laughs> that you find inside the uh, spaceship. <coughs> and uh, in which case, if you're a human player, you can utilize the effects of these cards, which could be like cards. Usually they're cards that let you move an extra space or let you move silently even when there's noise on another turn, whatever it is. But you have to discard that card physically away from yourself to sort of let people know that you just used a card whenever right. you use it. Okay? Uh, so, where was I at here? Um, da, 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 da. You cannot return to your space that you started in during your turn. That's another movement rule. Right. So you're moving like one space away and you're trying to like be quiet and you're telling people sometimes you're trying to be stealthy. So you're t trying to kind of trail where you're going and tell people because I was a human. So I'm trying to tell people like make up a ruse of which direction I'm going and trace it as a traceable path so that it doesn't seem like if I get to tell the wrong space that I'm telling the wrong space. And of course, if an alien lands or like says announces that they attack your space because aliens can attack as well. If they announce, I'm attacking this space, and it only has to be a space that they're uh, next to, I think, or no, that they're in. If they land in a space, they can announce they're attacking that space. And if they do, then whoever's in there, alien or human, is killed. Right. If there's no one in there, nobody's killed. But in my circumstance, I moved stealthy, tra tracing a careful path, one sort of diagonally down to the left, and I was actually moving down diagonally to the right. And the first time that I announced my actual space, Jamie landed in my space and killed me. Yes. Like that fast. She was ridiculous. And, and I just was like, I, I hardly got a chance to play halfway through the game and I was already dead. Now, the good news is for players who get eliminated that are humans by some ridiculously lucky alien who just lands in a space. The first one that you have to announce on the fourth turn, that's the one you're actually in. When you get eliminated, you get to become an alien. So now you switch sides mm -hmm. and you spawn in the alien space. And now you're moving two spaces per turn trying to stop the humans. So whoever's on the human, it just becomes more intense for the humans. Um, the end of the game, we played Daniel one. He got to an escape pod. Right. Despite the fact that he announced his exact location three times in a row at the yeah. end of the game. Nobody but then he was too to far to away to, for anybody to get back to him. Right. He had, I don't even know how he got up where he was. He had a double movement. He used a lot of like white spaces in between there. He used all of them. And he very moved, 
moved very directly. He only had like two times, like right off the bat, he got cards that said he didn't have to announce where he was at. Mm -hmm. And he announced a different direction. And Jamie moved opposite the directions that, that he and I were saying we were moving and attacked me. And then she didn't, did she kill you too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there were just three of us on our team. It was Daniel, you, and I. Well, okay. And I, the reason I didn't like the roll cards (laughs) is because one of them is the captain. Okay. Right. The captain's special power is stupid. It's that oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. very first time that you use the, you pull a dangerous card, you're not supposed to read it. You ignore it. Right. So if it tells you you have to say where you're at, you you just I'm like I have a card. I'm not supposed to do anything. Guess what? I guess I'm human. <laughs> it was annoying. I hated it. It should just say whatever the outcome is. You announce silent or something like that. Something where it didn't I, say I'm a different, human. But it was stupid. Like we should have just just said we're not playing with the captain. But of course I get the captain. Right. Why not? Um, so they knew I was human since the very beginning, and then I kept getting nothing but cards that said, "Tell where you're at. Tell where you're at. Where are you? That's where you're gonna tell them." <laughs> It's like you could hear the cards <laughs> laughing at your pain. I'm laughing at your pain right now. <laughs> like, that's the, uh, when I became an alien, uh, I was the first death in the game. And when I became an alien, I moved directly up diagonally to the right. Because like I said, in the four corners from our centralized start points, there were escape pods. And Daniel hadn't really announced where he was going. Uh, Jamie had moved down to the lower right. Mm-hmm. Frank had moved down to the lower left. I moved up into the upper right, and I can't remember, uh, Frank's lady, was she still playing? I think she was. I don't know what she did. She was still an alien, but I think she did, She went down to the lower left with... She was one of the first ones that called me out, yeah. Right. Did she go to the lower right? Then maybe she went lower to the lower right. right she went to the lower you. right, yeah. Okay, so her and Jamie, like, doubled over each other. Right. So Daniel just got lucky and went to the only possible... Because <laughs> there's 40, up to 40 turns in this game, and we only played, like, 20. And he had won. Oh, no, it wasn't that many even. It was like <coughs> 13, 12. Well, I, I know that uh, when you get to the escape pod, you actually land on the space and you draw a card from the escape pod deck. Right. The escape pod deck has four escape cards in it. And one of them's a broken escape pod. The other three are working. And, of course, he got the working right, pod. Right, because it's only a 25% chance that it's mm-hmm. broken, so he won the game. Right. And, uh, eh. Yeah. Eh. It's one of those that... You either get it or you don't, and I really didn't seem to get it. Right. Which, that's always the case with me. I, I'm never very good at hidden movement games. I'm just not. I cannot right. anticipate where other people are. I'm just like, unless you actually tell me exactly where you are, like, a turn after that, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know where you are again. Right. Here's, here's the best thing about this game. You could play this game in a car driving down the road. As long as you were not the one driving. The only thing you'd have to have is you have to have a deck of cards somewhere. So you do have to draw cards and kind of keep them with you. But we, we did discards in front of ourselves mm-hmm. and would just place them all down as if they were a piece of gear and not, not discard them unless we used them. Honestly, when you, when you use a piece of gear, you should probably put it face up and show everybody that you actually had that. So if you had just like put a cup holder as your discard pile to show everybody, yes, I had this piece of gear. Mm-hmm. That would make things fair. And when you, yes, when you use a piece of gear, you admit to the entire table that you're a, you're a uh, human. True. But you should have to, if you're like going to actually get benefits from this, you shouldn't be able to bluff your way through benefits, you know? Yeah. So I, I thought it was okay because you could play it in a couch setting. You could play it in a car. You could play it in a lot of atypical places where you would normally pay, play a board game. 
that's probably the most positive thing I can say about this, but because it was a little rough. It was pretty rough. Very dry feeling as yeah. we played it. Everybody was quiet. Everybody was like kind of just sitting there silent. There was no, not very much interaction other than I attack this space or not. It was the same level of interaction as playing multiplayer battleship. It just was. Multiplayer battleship? Right. P- battleship. You play battleship. What do you say to each other? A5. Hit. That's uh, about the level of interaction. That, I didn't know. It was less interaction than that. Right. And but the, now you're playing multiplayer was, version of that. And I, the big complaint that everybody had, too, was that they felt like the book was reversed. Like, okay, right. on, the, on the bottom part, it had your actual map. And on the top part, it right. had, uh, like, blanks where you're supposed to write in what right. part you go to. So if you held this this spiral notebook, if you held it in your hand, and it's widthwise printed... So you fold up the top, and you're supposed to write at the top where you're going, not mm-hmm. at the bottom. Right, which makes it really difficult to write in. It probably makes it easier to cover from other people looking at it. I guess, but I was trying to make notes on the map, too, and it would have been easier to just make a little tiny dot on the top part of it than to mess right. with the bottom. I don't know. It yeah, was okay. I, kind of I, felt, I felt like it kind of overstate its welcome too because we were playing it over an hour of literally seven of us at a table making almost no noise and not conversing being quiet and knowing that all we're doing is just pacing around this little silent map Mm -hmm. and making declarations sound in quadrant d5 everybody's like oh d5 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 Mm -hmm. No sound this turn. Oh, but he was in D5, so he's like in this place, this place, this. I mean, that's that's what the game's like. Mm-hmm. So it's very quiet. It's not like a laugh out loud. There's not... I, I didn't feel like there was that much excitement. No. To be quite honest, Jamie just all of a sudden just declares, I attack this space, and I'm like, yay, because it's the first space I've had to actually be truthful about. I've lied four times this game, and the first time I tell the truth, I die? Right. Well, this game's great. <laughs> I think my favorite part was when Frank attacked the same spot the second time in a row. That's, I laughed. Yeah. He's like, M3. And his next turn comes around. Well, I guess I'm just going to attack M3 again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's just hanging out next to the pod. He's like, well, nobody's going there. Guess that. Well, guess that's safe. Needless to say, seven of us played this, and this game fell pretty flat. Yeah, I don't think anybody liked it. Right. I think it probably, I don't think it was like a hate thing, but most people were kind of like, yeah, I don't need to play that again. Yeah. That's kind of how it it popped up. And that's probably about a two out of five. That's uh, Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. Yeah. So. Which we really had high hopes for. I heard really good things. I heard it was really high tension and that you got to try this because it's a really good kind of aliens game. Like if you like the movie Alien or Aliens, this Mm -mm. is that kind of game. And it just didn't deliver like that at all Mm -mm. Uh, next up the game that we started the night off with and probably was the most fun I think is a classic Mm -hmm. I think it's a modern classic it's Uwe Rosenberg's bean game bean farming game Bonanza Mm -hmm. Bonanza Nicole it was fun what'd you think about Bonanza I always liked that game. We haven't right. played it in years, but it's a fun game. And of course, from Uve, it's 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 a farming game. Farming beans, yes. <laughs> he's, he's it's a, a farming it's guy. a farming slash negotiating. Right. I just got the trading. fields of Arl from him. Now I have. Uh, I know. I totally want to play that. 
what do we got? We got the all creatures big and small. That's mm-hmm. a that's a farming game. Agricola. We've got Bonanza. That's a farming game. Agricola is a farming game. We got Caverna. That's a farming game. Mm-hmm. And code names. No, Isn't that's that Vlada. I know. Oh, the Vlada. Never mind. Uh, I, this I got is, confused. Then we got Fields Sorry. of Arl, which is a farming game. Codenames is that one game that I'm like, how is this that guy? So yeah. that's why I got confused. So is, I know, but so is that, uh, what is that picture game that we have? Picture game? Pictogram or something. What is it? Pictomania? Yes, that's Uv- that's that's Vlada Cavadal, too. That's so weird. Okay, <laughs> anyhow. Face. Wrong guy. Uwe Rosenberg's Wrong guy. bean farming game. Players are going to plant beans into their little rows. And collect sets for points. <coughs> and whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. Well, here's what's cool about this. Two things. One, all your cards are also your points. And when you flip them over, they become dollar little coins or little coins. And those become the points that you score right. at the end of the game. But if you if you have like five of them going into a set and that five, right. is, five set is only worth two cards... You actually take the other three cards and put them back into the discard, right. so they go back into the game. Which means that the more someone scores one type, the more it gets culled out of the deck for points. Right. Which is really neat. But there's still some in there. <laughs> the other thing that's cool about this, you, uh, you, you play your hand of cards in order. And yes. you have to strategize with the idea of you're trying to manipulate your hand order so that you can play your the top card you need and... You're, tr- you're doing trades and stuff to try to bring cards to the top that you need. And that's what's kind of unique about this game is mm-hmm. that you are playing a hand order. So you're dealt like six cards at the start and the top card is the one you have to worry about now. Mm-hmm. And every turn you get to plant, you get to plant at least one card. You have to. It's mandatory you plant one card. So whatever you, you have on top. You may plant a second card. You're going to plant. You can right. plant a second one if you'd like. You don't have to. Uh, the one thing that there is, is there's, I think there's eight types of beans in the game in our game, which was a full complement, I think of seven, I think it's the most I can play. It's two to seven. The, for some reason we had one type of bean that was not in the game. So we had like seven types of beans. So why did we, maybe it's an eight player game. I don't think so. I think it's, if it's an even number, you can use all the beans, but if it's an odd number, you use one less. You use seven oh, that could types. be. Okay. So that it ends up an even, <laughs> it's all about the ending when you, how many beans you use. Right. Um, so at the beginning of your game, you have this hand of six cards and they're in order and you get to plant two different beans if you'd like to, or one, if you'd like to as well, you're trying to collect sets because each bean tells you what, how many of each set is worth how many points. There's a lot of coffee beans. Well, yes. And every bean, every bean will have four different ways to score it. It'll be one, two, three, or $4, I think is what they were worth every time. Right. Uh, and some of them, if the, there, there's like less and more of each different type of bean. So if you have, you know, a red bean might only take two red bean cards before you get one point. But a coffee bean, for instance, takes five mm-hmm. before you get your first point. And that's mm-hmm. if you have five, a set of five in a column in front of you, you can take all five of those, turn one of them over for a point, and the rest go back in the discard pile. And that's how it would work. Mm-hmm. Um so as you're playing this game, another thing you have to remember, too, is another thing you have to know is that you can only plant two columns of beans. You can plant a third if you spend three points for a third column. You can plant a third type of bean. Right. But it's... But it, nobody did that. Right. And, and this game plays until you run the deck out three times. That's what happens. So you're going to go through every bean in the deck three times, and then at the end of that, you count up who has the most points. Right. And so on your turn, it goes like this. You plant one or two beans. 
in your one or two columns, three if you've paid for a third column with points. Then you draw three cards off the top of the deck, put them face up. Two. Or two cards, sorry, off the top of the deck, you put them face up, and those become cards that are going either into your field or they are getting traded to other people. Mm-hmm. And so now you start this sort of bidding war for these two cards that come up. If it's something you want, you just say, nope, I'm putting that in my field, and you put it on your little stack of cards. On the other ones, though, that you, you, you probably try to say, well, look, I, I see you're growing green beans. This is a green bean down in front of me. I'm growing coffee and red beans. Would you like to trade this face-up green bean for a coffee or red bean? And that other person says, sure, I'll trade that. And they can pull that card anywhere from their stack and trade it to you. Mm-hmm. The card that you trade for goes in your pile on the table, not in your hand. It goes into one of those piles, and the card that you traded them for goes into one of their fields. It has to right now. You have to plant. Those two cards are getting planted right now in one way or another. Right. And anything they trade for it is getting planted right now one way or the other. Right. Then you draw two cards. You add them to the back of your stack at the end of your turn and you pass turn. Go around the table many times like that until the deck expires three times and you score points. And the thing you have to remember about your fields too is if you have... A green bean and a red bean are, you know, are what you've planted, mm-hmm. green and red. Right. But you have four green beans. You're waiting to get your fifth green bean so you can go up a level, but you only have one red bean. Right. And now the cards that have been oh, presented yeah. to you that you have to plant mm-hmm. is a wax or a coffee, and you can't get rid of them somehow. Well, like, let's say you get rid of your coffee for right. a green, I don't know, anyhow. Uh-huh. If, if you, you can't cash in your... Uh, you can't keep holding on to your green beans. You have to cash them in if you right. only have one red bean. Right. You cannot, you can't get rid of single card plots unless you have only single card plots. Right. So if you have one green and one red, then you can choose which one you want to get rid of. Right. But so if you have. If you were one shy of that next, of that first point to, to harvest, you will still have to get rid of it. Right. You'll just be stuck with it. And you have to keep that one little stupid red bean that's ruining your day. Right. And this game is fun. This game is a lot of fun. And the reason is, is because you get to do that trading. Yeah. And so you can do all these crazy deals. It's a ton of interaction. You can talk all sorts of smack. So this was so dramatically different than the aliens came from the aliens (laughs) in outer space that we played after that. Shortly after that. Because you could talk all sorts of smack and you got to have Mm -hmm. fun and people were laughing and and telling each other that they were terrible and stuff. And it was just a good time. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, all the scores were pretty close. It's a fairly balanced game. Is there a lot of luck? Sure. Why not? But can you mitigate that quite a bit with, with good trade deals? Of course. You know, you'd do much more terribly if you didn't trade ever. Well, and it's a, it's a game where you like, like Chris, I had no idea that he was doing as well as he was. Right. I thought he was doing pretty poorly. Mr. Soybeans. He was not getting any kind of trades for a oh. while there. He wasn't trying to do some trades for a need while to. there. He was so up to his neck in soybeans. Apparently, I know. Making tons of points. He scored a full pointer on soy, and he scored like almost a full point again on same thing on soy on the second time around. Yeah, it was crazy. Yep. So, yeah, you can definitely kind of come out of nowhere on that one, too. So I mean, the good news is, is between the three we've talked about so far, this is the cheapest and oldest and best yeah. by far of yeah. all those games. Absolutely. It's a really good game, and you should just get it. It's a solid It's a classic. Title. Just have it. <clears throat> totally. All right. Another game. You and I didn't. Now, this, that's the end of the game day. 
That was the end of the game day. You and I played a game that I got you. Was it for Christmas? I think so. Came out last summer from Cool Mini or Not. Nicole, what was it? Potion Explosion. Now, why would you want this game? Because it's supposed to be like the little marble drop things. and Right. Like, like yeah. Like, like a gem connecting game yeah. or matching game. Yeah. And now I've always said for a long time that those games are sort of ladies video games. And I remember... <laughs> I remember a guy called me out on it at, at, at a Gen Con at the Sigur Cabal party. And he was like, why would you say that's a girl's game? And I was like, oh, this guy's getting indignant about me saying ladies like certain things. And I said, Nicole, what do you think about that game? And you're like, oh, it's awesome. It's so cool. I love it. And I'm like, OK, what do you think about Potion Explosion? This other girl we don't know goes, oh, I think it looks really good. And I just looked at the guy and he's like, fair enough. this is just like yeah it's like those gym games it's a marble drop kind of thing and you've got like a little fun little little mechanism that's like a ramp with some droppers and stuff tell Mm -hmm. me more about it go ahead no i don't want to you were doing fine (laughs) what are you trying to get get (laughs) okay so you you each have like a little space in uh, in front of you like a workspace in front of you it's like it looks like a little laboratory yeah you've got two two spots for little potion beakers right and then one little extra beaker where you can store some some marbles on it right. that don't necessarily fit into your potions. Sure. Okay? So you start off with just two potions that you're trying to work on. Yeah. And the potions will have like a, a either blue, red, black, or yellow spaces mm-hmm. on them that need to be filled with these marbles. The way that you get the marbles is off of this little fancy tray. It's basically got like, like six little uh, ramps that the marbles drop down right and then like a tray above the ramp so whatever marbles go back into the you put them in the tray they just kind of naturally fall into whichever little ramp so yeah. it's always there's little holes at the back of that tray right this, this feeding area that sort of angles against the the direction of the actual ramp that d- that displays the marbles right so it, so it randomizes falls into the top holes of these little it's things. a really good randomizer so that you don't know what's going to come out right well when you when you pluck out a marble you're able to on your turn pick one marble out of the any of the trays if the two marbles that click together are of the same color then you also that's an explosion you get to take those as well right because on your turn you get that one selection that can cause these explosions then if the next two marbles are of the same color that click together you get those two right until there's no more explosions as you're removing them light colored marbles are coming together right and if that happens you get to take those right Okay. But it may turn in that you don't get any explosions and you just get your one little stinky marble because you really needed that blue marble to be able to finish your little potion. How many colors of marbles are we talking about, Nicole? There's four four colors. Four. Right. Black, yellow, red, and blue. Right. I said that. Okay. So let's say I complete my little potion. Okay. So now the marbles that were on there, they're going to go back into the tray and that potion itself is going to flip over so like because on one side it tells you i need a red one two blue ones and just by three the black holes ones. that are cut out yeah on. just by the holes being on that that color stripe right well then you flip it over and it becomes a magical potion that now can benefit you in other ways um and How all many of, them, of those are there like six there's like eight i thought is there there might have even been, te- been 10 different no way, ones it wasn't 10 you sure it's six it might have been no it's eight or ten really it's eight yeah ten. But because there's like if there's one where uh, you so can these are the steal. effects of this. Now you can drink these and they're still worth the same amount of points because yeah. like, they're for each worth so, so many points. Yeah, they have like right. and it's it's just whether you use them or not, you still get points. If it's worth three points, it's worth three points. Right. If you use a potion, you have one option, one time that you can use that potion. Right. And 
use its special power. So tell me these special powers. There's just a couple examples, but one of them is like you can steal some of your opponent's marbles because they've got that little third beaker that like if I have, you know, three marbles left over, I've got a red, a blue and a, and a yellow, but I don't, all I need left to finish either of my potions is black marbles. I can put my little red, blue and yellow on this special beaker. Right. Well, and then hold them over till next turn. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the potions will let you steal your opponent's little special reserve beaker okay. marbles. Right. However many are in there. If it's one, you just get one. If there's three, you get all three. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them will let you use a potion, reuse a potion that you already used. Right. Um, one of them will let you... Take any two light-colored marbles? No, from the, take any two not light-colored marbles right. that are next to one another. But that doesn't but cause But that doesn't explosions. cause an explosion. Right. Um, there's one that'll let you take... If there's a string of marbles that are all the same color, you can mm-hmm. take that entire string. So if there's four of them that are all right. blue touching each other, you can get all four blue ones. I remember one that lets you take all the bottom marbles that are different colors. Right. So, so on four. the very bottom line, if there's a, a black, black, columns. yellow, blue, and red, you could take the yellow, blue, and red. Right. Or well, you could take, I guess you could take all four in that one, but you wouldn't get both the black marbles. You right. Just, so if they're like three black marbles and three yellow marbles, you can only take one black and one yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, there was a whole bunch of them like that. Right. Then you're working to get these bonus chips. Okay. So as you finish these potions. You're scoring points for the potions. You're, scoring, you're drinking them or not drinking them. And you also have bonus right. chips. So in the bonus chips, if you get three potions completed. Right. That are all the same, you mm-hmm. get one of the bonus chips. Also, if you get one of each with a set of five, then you get a bonus chip. Right. And for we played a two-player game. For mm-hmm. a two-player game, there's uh, four chips available. Once that fourth chip has been taken, mm-hmm. then that uh, signifies the end of the game. Right, and they make these these potions easy to tell because the stoppers on top of the little cardboard cutouts, and it comes with a significant amount of these little potion cutouts, uh, are similar. Mm-hmm. They'll have like a like version. Like this one has a little stone stopper. This one has a little weird poison skull stopper, and and they're all like different colors and stuff. Right. right. Um, so what did you think about this game? I like thought it? the game was really fun. Yeah. I like, I like most of the components. Mm-hmm. Um, it did take a little time. Like first setting up that little tray was a little challenging for me because I'm not real graceful when it comes to stuff like that. And I was afraid I was going to like bend things in the wrong spots or whatever, but right. I got it together just fine. And they definitely designed the box well so that once it's together, you don't have to take it apart. That's you can a big store deal. it in the yeah, store it in the that, box. That Celestia I didn't mention, it's kinda it kinda fits in a little weird. With the little you, boat? After you put the boat back in. Oh. Remember remember uh remember we were trying to put it away and it mm-hmm. kinda went and Jamie put it in weird. Oh, I don't know. We had I to redo watch. the box because Daniel looked at it and goes, Is that, does that look right to you? And she was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> She's funny. Um <laughs> But no, they, they designed the box to accommodate the the little tray all put together. Good. What I will say, Uh-oh. worst what? marbles ever. Why are these so terrible? They were crappy. They're What's wrong with them? Seriously crappy. They're they're not all the same size for one. Right. Like diameter is millimeters of different. Right. Which but it's it's enough to be annoying. Right. If I'm dealing with sixteen millimeters and this one's thirteen millimeters. That's a that's, that's annoying. significant. That's a 20%, nearly a 20% change. Right. In and then, size. like, the blue ones were pretty nice. I liked all the blue ones. The red ones were pretty good. 
The black ones were kind of chipped a little bit, and the yellow ones were atrocious. From what I could tell, they had holes in them. Like, they weren't they, per- had- they weren't fully formed. They had these big air pockets that were a surface air pocket. So it was like a cavern, little caverns and stuff on they the actual divots. marbles. They had divots in them. They, they felt uh, chalky. <laughs> they weren't smooth. Like, the blue <laughs> ones were all nice and smooth. The blue ones were fine. Right. But the yellow ones were chalky on feeling on part of it. And it felt like they'd just, like, been dropped. From afar, they didn't look too bad. They but didn't in your hands, they, they were, were like, not what fun is to play this? with. Yeah. The cheapest marbles at the dime store are better than this. Like, I want to replace these marbles. They Whoa. were that bad. Whoa. I hated the marbles. Whoa. Like, seriously disappointed in them. Whoa. Um, what did you think about the game overall, though? Did it I play I think good? the game was really fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of thinky, but We've it's not. We've played it twice. It doesn't take too long. I know, and you won both times. Yes. So we're going to play that. it again. That's my favorite part about this game so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Fred's won twice. <laughs> well, and I tried to do a different strategy the second time as well. I tried to yeah. just go for the highest point potions I could. Right. But they're too hard. You can't. You have to go with some smaller point potions, Last too. time I did it, I went for what I called, like, the, the fast build. Mm-hmm. So I went for more potions, and I thought I was going to really beat you bad, and it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. Uh, it, I did beat you just by a speed run, but I, yeah. I, it wasn't significant. It, it wasn't. It, it no, was it wasn't as bad grasp as we thought. by you doing high point, like a mix of high point and middle point and low point. Mm-hmm. And I did like just nothing but fast and a couple middle points. <laughs> Pretty fun little game. I think uh, the good news about it is, is unlike the video games it emulates, you have all the time in the world to think about which one you want to smash and pull <laughs> and all that. And that really is a game changer for people like me who are not nearly as good as you. Like we've played the old classic puzzle fighter and you'd whip me every single time. Oh, yeah. I had no hope in beating Nicole at a gym destroying game. It was just, I, and I always just said, I'm not good at these games. You're better at those. And she's, and she would always discount it. Like, I don't care. I wish I was better at all games than you. <laughs> right. Yes. I still had a pretty good time with this because I had that leisure of time to figure out what was the best play. It might have drawn, like driven you nuts a little bit. Be aware that analysis paralysis is probably a problem for larger groups because you Definitely. do have all the time in the world and sometimes decisions seem fairly equal. Here's something interesting too, though. And the two games that we've played, there are these other chips that you can use mm-hmm. that it's like a, a helper a helper, like you can, you can, like you get to draw your one marble and then whatever happens, happens. Well, there's these little helper chips that you can take to draw another marble. Like oh, you, yeah. if you just need one more yellow and that's it and you can complete your potion. But it's minus one but it's, point. It, it, I thought it was minus two points, isn't I it? I don't know. I wouldn't do it. It's negative points. Right. It's horrible. <laughs> like I have no desire to even try that. But I don't if, know how many. At, I think it's like for that last round. If you're like one marble short on the last round and you're going to get five points and only give up two, you still gain three. Well, they included an awful lot of them for it to be a last round, you know, last effort. Right. I would never do it still. Yeah. I'm just, I so can't that part was kind of weird too. But that's Potion Explosion. I recommend it pretty well. I don't yeah. think it's a terrible game. And I know we didn't pay too much for it. I think online price is like mid 30s. Yeah. You know, and it was it was probably worth that. I would Other say than the it's, marbles being so junky. So I think sorry it's, about it's that. got a familiarity that you're going to bring to the table that a mm-hmm. lot of people are going to recognize. It does have that ridiculous fantasy theme that people are going to be kind of like, I don't want to play some wizard game. But then you put that that table of marble in front of everybody and everybody's going to go, oh, but I've played games like that on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. 
And they're going to be totally comfortable playing this wizard game because it has a gem drop mechanic. Yeah, it's an extremely accessible game for right. any audience, I think. So I recommend it. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one in our What Got Played section here. We played a lot, didn't we? <laughs> Don't look at the time, Nicole. We played Hit Z Road. We got this half price at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. This is a Martin Wallace game. Uh, the Z in it is for zombie. It is Z. It's not a French game. Uh, this is a uh, this is it's sort of like a themed game you have dice it's dice driven you do have like sort of a classic Americana theme to it it's like 50s kind of posters you know those those hand drawn what uh, I got out of it was it was supposed to be post apocalyptic in that you came across in your travels you found an old crappy board game right and made it your own is that what it That's was? That's what it's supposed to be. I don't even think I realized Yeah, because like the sides of the box are all dinged. Like they look like they're dinged up. They're not actually right. dinged up, but they, they're like all look like they're all worn. Right. And instead of like it actually does say hit the road and then it's somebody's little magic marker has done Z road. Yeah. And then uh, like all the cards are like the the there's like one, two player, one player, two player, three and player four. Mm-hmm. They're not the, they're not all the same size, and that Mm-mm. was bothering Fred. Well, the reason they're not the same size is because one of them is like some you know punch card right. coupon thing, right. and they wrote player one on it. Right. Another one is like a my name is Scott, and it, they put right. player two on it. It's one like of you them, made your own pieces. For yeah, the game. one of them's like a credit card with some guy's name on it, but they just made that number three, <laughs> and then. Uh, I can't remember. The last one was like an ID badge or something. So they're not going to be the same size. They're supposed to be components you found along the way, and you've made your own game out of it. Right. And even the I card. That was cute. The cards themselves you play with, the backs of them are filthy, and they have grime on them. Yeah, they a, look like, because like you found an old, you know? uh, an old deck of cards. Right. And then made your own little game out the of it. The images themselves are sort of like classic Americana kind of stuff, like yeah. a Coca-Cola ad from the 1950s. Right. Is kind of what they look like. Um so you basically, each player gets a survivor. Well, the money's all like pop caps, too. Right. So each player gets like a survivor, and they all get three little or four little survivor meeples to go with them. Now, these are like sort of represent your hit points in the game, and they also represent how many dice you're going to roll when you do actions during the game. Uh, so on turns, you get this deck of cards, and you build this deck of cards very specifically to the number of players, and you get dealt like uh, you deal out in the middle of all the players uh, several of these little rows that are two cards long. And it's like four rows if we're playing two player or three players or whatever, and three rows if we're playing two players. So that there's like usually one extra row, mm-hmm. it seemed like. Um, in this game, though, you're trying to... These, are, these represent like a path that you can go through this, this round. And there's eight rounds in the game. And the deck will exactly run out of cards at the eighth round with all the columns or the little rows that you make. If you stack your deck correctly. <laughs> I know. If you do it wrong like me, you have to add a card from somewhere else <laughs> later on in the game. But uh, you also get dealt a bunch of resources at the start of the game. And there's three different resources. There's ammunition, there's gasoline, and there's adrenaline. Okay. Uh, those things help you overcome certain challenges in certain ways, like ammunition is going to give you extra dice. Uh, adrenaline helps you survive certain encounters, like if you get damaged, you use adrenaline to fight your way through it. And gasoline will allow you to just simply pass over certain challenges, is what their abilities are. 
<laughs> by playing them in different or like different times and different numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, on those cards themselves, they have sort of three different or like three different areas that you can do things. They have a resource gaining, like a uh, scavenging thing, which tells you right when you start this card, the first thing you do is you get these these resources. And they could be any combination of the three. They could be only one of the three, kind of, you know, whatever number. The next thing, it tells you special rules about that card, like overcoming that card, which will tell you, like, you know, when you fight this card, you're going to lose a survivor right before the card starts, for instance. The last thing it'll tell you is the number of zombies you're going to have to face if you go through this card. It could be zero. It can be six. You know, it's all different. Mm-hmm. Um, so on your, you begin the turn, and you get these cards and these columns all done up, and you look, and you look at this little track, and you get to start bidding to see who gets to pick the path first. Now, sometimes there's very obvious, terrible paths that you're going to do. And you, you, you now have to bid resources out of your hand, which are those gasoline, adrenaline, and ammo cards, or little chips. And you're, you're bidding those out in any combination against other players to be the person who gets to pick their path first. So, I mean, now, early in the game, it didn't seem like there was really a bad route. But by the eighth turn, they're all really bad. And some of them are mm-hmm. devastating for the other, like for one player or the other. Because also on some of these cards, whenever you beat them, you will sometimes get like a chip. And this chip sometimes relates to good things. Sometimes it doesn't. It's like sort of a nondescript kind of chip. Like this one shows a little cutout of a man like he's going to a men's room or something like that. But later on, he's it's actually a survivor chip. And this survivor decides to run away during this one. And you get to roll two less dice when you overcome this thing or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you lose two ammo chips because he takes ammunition with him when he runs away. So there's all sorts of weird stuff like that. Uh, so you bid you bid between each other, trying to take the first player spot. That first player then gets to select their row, and they then overcome their two cards, collect their stuff, fight zombies, go to the next card, collect more stuff, follow whatever rules there are, fight zombies, and then they're done for the round. And you do that eight times. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the eighth round, you actually these cards actually have points on some of them, and you score all those points that you have, plus you have some bonus factors. Like having the most survivors or having the most resources left or whatever of, of each type. And then you get your stuff. Got Sorry about that. Baby. <laughs> we, had, we had a lot of ravioli before we started this. Um, <laughs> but then, then at the end of the game, you count up all your points and the person with the highest points wins. Right. And when you're overcoming these things, you do roll dice. And when you fight in this game, it's kind of it's kind of fun. You have these black dice and you have red dice in the game. And the red dice only apply when there's a horde of zombies. The black dice you roll, you can start with a ranged attack. You spend ammunition to roll black dice in the ranged attack. The ranged attack's important because zombies can't attack you back at range. Each of those, each ammo token you spend gets you two black dice. You roll them, and the dice have, like, little uh, crosshairs on them. Sometimes they have a little lightning bolt. Sometimes they have a crosshair with a lightning bolt, and sometimes they have a little skull on them, right? Mm-hmm. And in the ranged attack, all you're paying attention to is the crosshairs. Those kill a zombie every time you roll one of those little uh, crosshairs. Whenever you go into melee, which is next, because you get one single ranged combat roll. When you go into melee, you start losing guys and spending adrenaline to keep them alive. If you're able to. Right. And whenever you go into the horde mode, you roll red dice for every horde number or something that it gives you. Instead of like, so if you had four survivors, let's say, and there were three horde zombie dice that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to roll, you roll three red ones and one black one. And that's what you roll on your turn. And you're trying to score crosshairs to kill zombies and move on. And the red ones are just harder dice. Right. 
Now, up front, I'm just going to say this this game is extremely light. Yes. There's there's nothing wrong with that. It's 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 a fun little zombie game. I think it gets the theme on the table pretty fast and it does it in a way that's fairly accessible. I don't think the strategy is that high. No. It, it felt pretty light, but not stupid light. It kept it pretty even between the two of us, too. Right. So uh, you can the, there's the, you can have player elimination in this game. You could die on the first couple turns because of bad dice rolls and be out of the game. Right, which means you're going to lose. Right, but the game <laughs> itself is about, I, I would say even with a full complement, is less than 45 minutes. Yeah, it's not a long game. So even if you got taught the game, went through two turns before you died, you'd still only be out of the game for maybe 20, 25 minutes. If that. Which isn't too bad, because most people, that's how long it takes to check Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not kidding. That's true. <laughs> um, I, I didn't hate this game at all. It was I really cheap. It. I thought it was pretty good as far as just getting a quick zombie game to the table. I think that... I think that really low-level gamers can get this get this really quickly and enjoy this. As long as you're there to kind of give them a little coaching as they go through it, it the teach is probably less than five minutes. I thought it was really charming, and <laughs> I really enjoyed the game. The only thing that I would say negative about it is, once again, it's one of these games where you, you kind of call the deck out a little bit, dep- depending on the number of characters. Right. But... It, I mean, even with the full four, don't you take out a couple cards or something? You do take out cards because you have to build the deck so it ends on an even round eight. Right. But there's not that many options. No. Like, that drives me crazy. Like, like let's just say round one, you have 12 different cards to choose from. Okay. Okay, well, shuffle up 10 of them. And that's what you're going to use this time. So, really, I have two-card variety for next time? Right. Maybe. There's not that much variety. I you're going to play the that. same game pretty much every time, if, but it's just going to come up in different orders between the two columns. I think that's something that they need to really... Cards, I know I know it's expensive, but I mean, I almost feel like they need to include almost an expansion in there if they're going to go for that kind of mechanism. Right. Just if you're going to have me call out part of the cards... There needs to, for the, the, the maximum that I'm going to, you know, use in any one time is eight cards. There needs mm-hmm. to be at least 16 cards in that deck. I think they were like on round, there were, there were less as I went. I know that round one, there were like four extra cards. Round two, there were like, maybe there's six extra on round one, four extra on round two, and only two extra on round three. Which is silly. Seriously. Right. Give me more cards than that. Because there were three Let different tiers variety. Of, of difficulty into the cards. Because as much as I, I really did enjoy this game, I think I would get bored with it pretty more quickly than some other games because right. the variety is just not there. I think that if we five for five this, it would be we would get sick of it. I think so, too. I think it's good for a quick in and out and that's it. But if they offered an expansion for it and said, here's a whole new deck. Right. That's that's all they would have to give you is a new deck of cards. The rest of it's fine. Right. Now I got the hiccups. Sorry about that. Um But yeah, I mean it would it would greatly increase the longevity of this game right. if it had more variety. If you now, didn't know, well, there's only a, you know, one in four chance that I'm not going to get that card, right. so whatever. Well, we paid $20 for this, and I think it's worth 20 bucks. Oh, I thought it was worth what that's, we paid. That's 50% off. Yeah. $40, I'd say we're getting a little uh, too far. Yeah, no, Because it's for too $40, for that. I'm going to say that you could buy Elder Sign. <laughs> it's so good compared to this one. Yeah. But it's I didn't such a much more rich it. experience. I, I really did enjoy it, though. This one was fine. A $20 game, absolutely worth it. 25 maybe even, which is probably what you can find it for. 
on like a, a an Amazon or something like that. And, mm-hmm. I, and it's 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 worth that. It's worth that for friends who like zombie movies and understand zombies because zombies isn't a foreign theme to the general populace. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's 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 fairly, you know, a popular theme. And so they would be like, oh, sure, let's play your zombie game. This, this is, is weird. And they get to chuck dice and they don't feel dumb ever. And they get to play. You feel like they played a big boy game. I feel know? like in, I feel like this game was a zombie dice hardcore edition. Yeah, it's much more complex than zombie dice. But yeah, it's it's not a. But it's still if you if you you know think of that that kind of part of the game and if you liked zombie dice, mm-hmm. same thing with this. You'll probably enjoy this because it just adds a little right. layer, layer of complexity. But after a couple of games, you're kind of done, right? So I still recommend it. I think it's about a three out of five. Yeah, I not, think so too. Not bad. Uh, that's all that we got played. Let's jump in really quick for a fast cardboard of tomorrow because I just want to mention it. Steady your senses, listeners, as the clocks begin to spin forward, leaving your board game room behind and getting a glimpse into the cardboard card board of, of tomorrow. tomorrow. Best jingle ever. Um, <laughs> cardboard of tomorrow. Uh, I only have one game to talk about, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned it. There's a game coming out this year. Now, this is like part of this. This re-theming board game, you know, sort of uh, intellectual property renaissance that we're having right now. We've seen Evil Dead 2, the board game. Terminator, the board game has come across. We know Big Trouble in Little China, the board game is coming across. This one is Fallout, the board game, based off of the video game series. Oh, I was going to say, I've never seen that movie. It's called (laughs) Wasteland Warfare, okay? Okay. It is a miniature-based game. Uh, It claims to have narrative campaign arcs as well as random missions. It allows solo and co-op play. It sounds like it's dice chucking in a post-apocalyptic. I really liked the games Fallout 1 through 3 and New Vegas. Yes. (laughs) I haven't played 4 yet. No. Uh, I'm going to get around to it this year. Hopefully. But this game, uh, in case you don't know what Fallout is, it's a post-apocalyptic world, but it's done um, a little less... I don't know. It's still kind of Mad Max-ish, but you still you, you get some power suits and a lot more guns. And I don't know. It just it just seems really gritty and, and kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game, you wander around all over the place and just you find picking you, up stuff, picking up junk and stuff and fighting mutants. And aren't there little missions you're going on, too. There's tons of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah, a good I like game. that. One. It's been so long since I've gotten to play it. Right. I'm looking forward to the next one. To right. The, one fairly, that I have, the, the new one that I have got to play. I remember you blowing up heads and stuff like that and doing slow motion kills on people where you could see the gore better. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, fairly adult, but uh, that's that's the only one. I just wanted to go through it really quick. <laughs> but that is a nice amount of gaming that we've talked about in our final uh, episode. Uh, so this, uh, this one is our final episode. And so this week, I asked the guild a question about something that piqued my interest. Wow, would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some peaked interests. All right, Nicole. So I asked the guild, since it's our final episode, I asked, what was your favorite moment from the podcast? And the first person to write in was Rodney, who said, it's hard to write this knowing my favorite podcast is ending. I guess any time my name was mentioned was a highlight. You know, that was something we wanted to do right away. We wanted to make sure that people were mentioned. Yeah. 
Nicole's song was freaking amazing. Thank you. Freaking. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I really hope one of these days our paths cross and we can play board games together. If you're ever in Southern California, let me know. We might be sometime, <laughs> if I can ever get Fred over there. P.S. He played Dark Gothic at a convention. I guess that's, I don't know what ITTD is. International Tabletop Day. There you Ooh, go. <laughs> and loved it so much that he ordered it and uh, and the Colonial Horror expansion the same day. He sold his copy of Dominion several months ago. And even though this is a pretty much the same game, he really likes the theme. One of these days, he's hoping to play A Touch of Evil. And what he said was, I played a game that you guys didn't care for. <laughs> and well, we would have liked it more if we hadn't already played some other hey, deck look, builders what, that we liked The best thing I can more. say is I played that game with Jason Hill at the table, the designer of the game. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Jason Hill was sitting at the table with us. He taught us how to play the game, and the people that we were playing with quit, and he laughed whenever, whenever they were quitting early. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you quit right now, you can see the game and I win. And they're like, okay. And they just all walked off. And Jason laughed at that, which was funny. Yeah. Um, he sold his copy of Dominion. I wish I could sell mine. And uh, <laughs> we it really is, don't need it. <laughs> it's pretty much the same game. I think it's, uh, for, for my taste, it was like a little bit long. And I really like A Touch of Evil more than this game. Yeah. It was okay, though. It wasn't, there was nothing bad about it, really. It just wasn't my type of game. There was, there was something, I can't even remember when we actually, when we reviewed it, it just turned out, because we did it on a five for five, and I think that was it right there. It seemed to fall victim in our five games to elongating itself, where it just seemed to be like, oh, I can't do anything again this turn, your turn. Oh, well, I can't do anything this turn, your turn. I didn't draw the right card, so I can't do anything this turn. Your turn. Okay, well, I can do buy a card I don't really want in my deck this turn. Your turn. With the first game we played of it, I really enjoyed. Right. I think it's one of those you play once in a while, not right. five in a row. Okay. All right, Nicole. The next person was Jeff who writes, Ugh, don't do it. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> And what else does he say, Nicole? You want to read some of these? Uh, He said, I will second the hearing my name on the podcast feeling expressed above. I felt like a member of this community during those moments. Well, you are. And we really appreciate you being a part of this community. Right. Uh, And for the record, you got my voice down perfectly. Oh, wait a minute. What was his voice? It was (laughs) he was a perfect, proper person. Proper, proper British lady, wasn't he? Maybe because I know I did the voice. All right. Do the rest of his with with her voice. I don't know that I can pick out one favorite moment. I love all your episodes. I thought the banter and your music were charming. (laughs) Thank you very much for the time and effort you put into the podcast. Live long and prosper. So so neither one of those. little hand thing right. I know. Yay. At least you didn't give me the middle finger. (laughs) No, I did that one. one Well, no, I did that accidentally when I was trying to give you the metal sign and my hand just did not want to cooperate with my brain. Okay. Oops. Uh, Brendan chimes in and he says... Uh, well, wait, wait. You what? should have read Rodney's in his gruff voice then. Because he was gruff. You <coughs> I did mean, I'll voice. give like a little bit here. Just a little bit. P.S. I play Garth Grothic at International Tabletop Day and I loved it so much. I ordered it and the Colonial Horror expansion on that day. That same day. Very nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Brendan chimed in and he says, I agree that I was always fun to hear my name mentioned, especially when Fred said something like... 
Brendan answered first, as he always does, but not this time. No, ah! Rodney was first. <laughs> he says it made him laugh. <laughs> but uh, as to favorite moments, I have uh, three. He says, I have three that come to mind, though finding references to these was hard, but I'm not so sure which episode they were in. Don't worry. We did that work for you, and you're going to get to hear these clips right now, because up first was episode 12's description of the weird, awesome foods you guys ate during American Classic Day. I think this is the episode where you do that. Now, actually... We do weird foods on pre-Christmas because we celebrated Christmas Christmas together before the Christmas with the family. And that's when we eat weird food in general. On American Classics Day, what do we eat, Nicole? On American Classics Day, we eat the Kruger Cristo. Yes, and that sounds like this. Up with was the Kruger Cristo. The Kruger Cristo is three glazed donuts a bun-length hot dog shoved right through the middle of it and nacho cheese poured on top. (laughs) (laughs) Just to make him mad. (laughs) Just to make Matt kind of, like, like upset that I was making fun of his sandwich. But that did not work. No. In fact, it completely intrigued Matt, and he demanded that we have Kruger Christmas, <laughs> which we just made one. Yeah. And now for well, every we put year, three donuts on it because there were three of us. Yeah. And now every year on 4th of July, we make the Kruger Christo and we choke it down and it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. It's, here's here's what we've learned over the years. Yeah. These are these are Kruger Christo tips. If you decide to make this monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> Don't refrigerate your donuts. No, you got to keep them. They got to keep. So they have to be. Room and you have to buy them fresh. You got to buy them fresh that morning because so. they're glaze, and glaze will just turn into just nothing by the end of the day. And Krispy Kreme is open on Fourth of July, so we, we go. We found to out that Krispy Kreme donuts seem to complement what the cheese. I know, and you do not buy nacho cheese queso. Don't you buy. get the nacho cheese. You just get the cheddar cheese sauce. Yes, like in the jar. Yeah. Doesn't matter what brand, really, as long as it's just the cheddar cheese and, sauce. And believe me, I feel totally ridiculous going out to my grill, turning it on, cooking one, one hot dog. <laughs> 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 bringing it inside and forcibly shoving it through donut holes that are sometimes too small. <laughs> Which, if you don't refrigerate the donuts, that will help. And then pouring this cheese sauce on it, cutting it and cutting the, each donut separate from the other one, and basically just eating them sloppily over the sink and yep. washing our hands off afterwards because yep. it just makes a mess. But you do, we do actually eat the whole thing because shockingly, it's pretty tasty. It's not too bad. It's not bad. You know, we got the sprinkled donuts one year. I don't recommend that either. All right. You played the... Kruger Christo. The, the <laughs> cards and dice drop? Weirdo. In your face. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's the Kruger Christo. That is from the Power Grid episode. <coughs> now, uh, he said it's never really perfect, but... Uh, I, or I say it's it's never really perfect. The closest we ever he got... He says it I'm to sorry. you. Yeah, I know. I messed up my notes. own notes. Uh, <laughs> it's never really uh, perfect, but the closest uh, that we ever got was Krispy Kreme donuts, cheese sauce, not queso, right. with a bun-length hot dog down the middle of them. That's the best way to do the Kruger Cristo, and it is not good. it's got to be that weird salty-ish cheese. But it, the I'm queso doesn't say, work. It's not good. Don't sit there and think that we're telling you that this is some sort of culinary masterpiece. It is hot dog cheese donut garbage. So you can eat that if you want to and say (laughs) happy American Classics Day. Yeah. But since we made up American Classics Day, that's what we get to do. Right. Okay. that you don't get to have a cake. You get to have a Kruger Cristo on that day. Yes. You can call it Fourth of July if you want to. We don't care. (laughs) He he continues uh, the episode where Fred describes the epic pass the pigs game slash role. 
<coughs> well, guess what? That's off you the Don't that Turn Your Back episode. Let's hear it. The weirdest place now. I, was I, I there? Well, I play games on shows. Oh, yeah. Because we have these weird moments, like, in, in this instance, it'll make sense. But, I, you know, I set up audiovisual gear, and I do these weird things all over town. Well, in this one instance, we were down at a restaurant, and we were to set up some speakers and, and a microphone, a projector, and a screen. And the thing is, is it was going to start, like, let's just say it started at 2 o'clock. Well, we weren't able to get into the room because of some other function in the room till like, 1 o'clock. So at one o'clock, we walk in this room and we set up all this audiovisual gear and we're done by about 1.30, 1.40. And then we're told, by the way, are you guys waiting around? Because this all picks up again at 2.45. And we're like, oh, well, yes, we're just going to wait around then. Mm-hmm. And so we, we commenced to waiting. Well, in the car, I had passed the pigs. <laughs> okay. So I go out and I get past the pigs and, and we have 20 minutes before this, this insurance presentation starts is what it is. And so we're sitting there in the back of the room and we're playing, we're playing past the pigs and people are coming in and, and, you know, Travis has this kind of thing where he has this drive that he wants to try to, you know, cause we play to 100 points. And if you've never played past the pigs before, you have these two little rubber pigs and you throw them onto the table. Oh, and they, they both, they're both like, you know, just like a little miniature pig and they have like a little, a spot painted on one side of them, the same side on both pigs. And you throw them onto the table and you try to land them in certain positions like, you know, so that you score points. Like, for instance, uh, if they're la- if they land on their feet, it's called a trotter and it's worth five points. <laughs> if they land on their back, it's called a razorback and that's worth five points. If they hang, if they land balanced between their nose and their front two feet, that's called a snouter. And uh, if they land balanced between their ear, their nose and one of their front two feet, that's called a hanging jowler. I can't believe you remember all these little names. Uh, but I, but and and there's like uh and, and if they land on one side with with the with the spot pointing up, then it's worth a point. But if they ever land with one of them on his side with the spot pointing up and one with the, on his side with the spot pointing down, you it's called a pig out, and you lose all the points that you've gained that round. So it's a push your luck. The other thing, there's one more rule to it. If you ever roll the pigs, and this is to keep people from like just trying to just drop the pigs. Uh-huh. If they ever land touching, it's it, it, you lose all your points completely. Uh-huh. And you go back to zero. And you're just trying to get to 100 points. Well, you can, yeah, push your luck and just keep rolling pigs, rolling pigs, rolling pigs, and trying not to pig out. And, of course, Travis always wants to go to 100 in one roll. Right. Well, <laughs> we're playing this game all the way until the, the event starts. And the event starts with Travis's turn and Travis is at zero and I've just rolled like 70 points in one turn and I'm just laughing because I'm like ah I took this game that's for sure and Travis starts scoring meanwhile the mics are on the presentation's on the powerpoint's going and this guy's talking about in package number one we've got the <laughs> this type of premium that's going to cost you this month and silently in the back table of this room we're playing past the pigs like I said Little rubber pigs rolled on a tablecloth tables makes almost no sound, especially not over the top of a microphone, you know, an amplified voice. So he's rolling these, we're rolling these pigs and rolling them. And I'm just sitting here shaking my head because he just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring. He won't stop. And at some point we both, he rolls again and we both look at each other and silently mouth. 93. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Travis loses it, okay? His face goes red, and air just starts escaping his pursed lips. <laughs> he just starts laughing, and he, he won't stop laughing. At one point, his head goes down. He comes up, and drool is coming off of his lip. He, he stands up, and he walks He jumps up from the table, and just immediately behind us in this restaurant is this little single entrance bath, you know, single stall bathroom. And he goes in the bathroom and shuts the door. And I'm not going to kid you. I'm sitting out there at the table and I'm still laughing about it. I get over the giggles pretty fast because it was funny, especially because he laughed so hard. And it's it, now it's been like 10 minutes and he's not come out. And I'm like, oh, man, did he have like some sort of like did he pee his pants or something <laughs> or what? What's going on? He's in there too long, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and finally, I'm just sitting there after 10 minutes and all of a sudden I hear the door open. and I'm like, OK, there he is. And I hear, <laughs> and, he do, and I look back and he's like collapsing into the wall again. And he goes right back in the, in the bathroom again. <laughs> he stays in there another 10 minutes before he comes out and sits back down again. And he won't touch the pigs and he's just trying to sit there and keep it together. And finally, after the meeting, you know, the meeting's over and I ask him, I was like, what happened? He goes, I went in there, I sat down, I got over the giggles and I, I, I tried to take a little nap. <laughs> Sitting on the toilet, just kind of leaning against the wall. He goes, and I thought I was ready to cut. You know, I almost fell asleep, and I came back out and thought I was ready, and I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. He so just fall asleep on the toilet. He, he closed the lid oh. and, and was sitting there, leaning against the the wall, trying to calm down. Oh my goodness! And he goes, I came back out. I wasn't ready. I thought I was. I just wasn't ready. Now he did. The the, the end of the story is. Right afterwards, one of the insurance guys came back and he goes, what happened back here, guys? That was ridiculous. And he wasn't mad. He was just like, what's going on? I was like, you guys started your meeting right when we were in the middle of a pass the pig game. And we thought we could play silently until Travis got up to 93. And he goes, well, you only play to 100. Have you finished it? And we're like, no. And he's like, well, let's see it. And Travis rolled, he, he, Travis rolled over a hundred. And he's, I said, we'll just call it good, but let's just keep the streak going and see how far you go. And he got to like 175 before he finally pigged out. Ah, <laughs> so that's, that's the weirdest story I have about playing board games. Probably. That's funny right there. All right. That was it. Now I'm just going to tell you that it was like giggling in an elementary school class, like when you're not supposed to laugh and the teacher's going to get you in trouble and you're going to get sent to the hall or sent to the principal's office. That's how that we were laughing. And, you know, we're, we're adult men and we're laughing like that in the stupidest insurance seminar. And it kind of reminded me of like the giggle loop from uh, what's, what's that the show? Coupling. The coupling show. Oh, yeah. geez. Sort of like a giggle loop where once you get it going, any any like little twinge of stimulation just starts you laughing again. Right. You know? And of course they were laughing at a funeral, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Not me. <laughs> Insurance, which is the step before the, the funeral. Yes, absolutely. Or the step after the funeral. Doesn't matter. Uh, he says, one time Fred did a funny voice for one of the commentators and you spent several minutes talking about having done the voice and whether the commentator would mind being given that voice. Now, this is... That's what we were just talking about. Right, but let's listen to that clip. This is from New York 1901. Let's oh, hear it. Oh, okay. So, here's what I have a problem with. What? You're reading these letters. Right. You're not giving Jeff a real voice. I think if we're going to read these letters that people might have already and probably have already read on the Guild, oh. you've got to give them more of a voice. And who's texting me? I don't know. Why is your phone it's ringer my mother. on? My mom wants to know what the name of our podcast is. <laughs> no, Mom, I'm not telling you. 
Okay. Okay, but I, well, then, since this is your idea, you can continue telling me what Jeff said in Jeff's voice. Go, Nicole. He's from Seattle. What does Seattle sound like? <laughs> very proper. I'm going to go very proper. I've attended PAX in Seattle a few times. I think that... I think... What, what does it say? Though that con is more geared toward the video game market... There was plenty of board game exposure. I spent most of my time exploring the board game options. Sadly, it has gotten too big for me the last couple of years, so I've not attended. I'd like to go to PAX, by the way. That's me talking. Uh, I did volunteer last year at a smaller and hyper-local for me game convention in Everett, Washington called OrcaCon. OrcaCon? OrcaCon, yes. Really? Is this like about killer whales? Ork. <laughs> That's my killer whale. Here's Rodney's voice, and I apologize, Rodney. Nicole's forcing this on me. But you're going to go. This is way more fun You're going to be gruff, okay? Even though you, because you, your picture doesn't look gruff at all on Board Game Geek. He, and he looks. Does he? I don't know if he looks gruff. No, he doesn't look gruff. Let's hear this voice. Okay. Okay. I attended the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim last year, and Fantasy Flight Games was demoing Imperial Assault. Does that count? No, it doesn't. Jay wrote us, uh, and he asked, I was wondering if you... No, that's not Jay's voice. Oh. You gotta give Jay a voice. Okay. Um, Oh, God. I wish I do. It's gonna be bad. Apologies, Jay. I was wondering if you listened to podcasts about board gaming. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Jay. I like Jay. (laughs) Okay, you do Jay's voice. I don't know. I was going to pull out about the Justin Bieber. <laughs> what? I was just wondering if you listen to podcasts. No, that's stolen material. I can't even use that. Sorry. He said, I was wondering if you listen to podcasts about board gaming. Oh, wait. Isn't he from Toronto? Yeah. Okay. So, alrighty, eh? I was just wondering. Oh, God. It's just. <clears throat> All right, Nicole, you have to take Steve D's. <laughs> But I've been doing goofy voices. Now I got goofy voices stuck in my head. So, what? 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 Um. Hmm, let me think. Make him like a a, a high pitched lady. <laughs> no. I can't. I Nobody's going to contribute again if you make if we do the wrong voice. Nobody's going <laughs> to contribute again if we keep doing voices anyway. <laughs> just just read Steve's. All right, Steve. Steve, you get no voice. I'm sorry. <coughs> no, I'll do one for you. Okay. Let me think. Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. Of course, board game conventions are important. Publisher designers. This is my Eric Summer. <laughs> 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 All right. Good news. Nobody got mad. <laughs> Yay. How come Brendan didn't get a voice? Oh, I can't do Brendan's voice because I've heard him. Yeah. I listen to his podcast. Do I his voice as best I can't. you can. It just sounds like a guy. Do it because he'd appreciate but it. But he sounds like a guy. Right. Do your guy voice of Brendan. Go. I can't do a guy voice of Brendan. You can try. Uh, okay. Here's guy voice Brendan style. Okay. Go. One time Fred did a funny voice. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> One time Fred did a funny voice. <laughs> I don't know. He just sounds like a guy. All right. Very was, normal. I, I know that it's you, hard to make stuff up for if, somebody. If I was a lady, you would have done a completely different voice. You would have done the <laughs> voice because that's what ladies do no, when I they do make that fun for of guys. You. Do you really? Am I, I that? I do the, and then Fred's like, well, if you just do it like this. <laughs> dumb that's, my guy. Fred, that's my Fred voice. But you could just sit there and say, dumb guy, dumb guy, dumb guy, and it would be the <laughs> same voice, isn't it? That's girls' perceptions right there. I'm okay. just telling you. 
Uh, he also said any time Fred had to play the Nicole Wins bumper. Well, here's one from Takinoko. Hey. All right, Nicole. Guess what? What? You won that game, but I took the series three to two. Which is our tradition. Well, so <laughs> with that, here it is. <laughs> Sit down. At Sit this down, point, please. I think it's Thank been you. so long since we played my jingle, people probably don't even realize the joke of that one anymore. <clears throat> what? Because we haven't played mine in for, forever. I think you've won one pretty recently. Did I? No. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have my jingle loaded, do you? Yeah, I do. Play my jingle. But you didn't win. You don't get a payoff if you didn't win. Dang it. <laughs> I'll play it for you. Here we go. Did I win? Yes. See? I feel like a winner. <laughs> Appropriate that I pick an episode where you don't actually win the game, but I play it right. Oh, poo poo. <laughs> Truly, it drives me nuts every single time I had to do that. Now, Kurt added, he loves the show. He's sorry to see it go. He's barely a year into the hobby, and we have been directly tied to his interest in it. He loved our five for fives and cardboard of tomorrows. He wants to second the the love for the past the pig story. Thank you. I'll tell Travis that people like that. <laughs> uh, you also had me rolling when everybody was getting into their characters during Elder Signs playthrough. Oh, we looked for this and we found it and we laughed too. Listen to this. Devil's bargain. It had been years <laughs> since you signed your name in that black book. But now the time has come to honor your agreement. If you successfully resolve this adventure... What? Add two Doom tokens to the Doom track. You're kidding. If you're successful... If you're successful, you suck. If you lose, you suck. You really want to succeed. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You're going to lose. Do you want to succeed, boy? Tentacle. (gasps) Boom. Done. Next. Yeah, can't you do? Well, no, it's like that Mary girl who can do more than one, isn't mm-hmm. it? Two. Done. A two. Next. And I get dumber. Loser. I'm almost dead dumb. Dead dumb. Can't go to finish those beans. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? It was funny. I hope that's what he was talking about. I don't know. We did. We did a couple of them. We there did, was a couple spots where we just started getting into character. Well, that's what we do. I liked. I, I mean, I played the devil. I played the dumb guy that Daniel was taking over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was fun. It was a fun. It was, it was that, fun that was fun because we kind of started with one game that day and then we just sort of randomly picked Elder Sign and we didn't know how, how well it would go with with uh, Daniel, who usually likes kind of mechanically centric games and not very thematic dice Chucky games. And we actually had a really good time with the dice, dice Chucky game, too. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, so anyways, are you uh, going to give Kurt a voice? I've never heard his voice, though. Kurt? Yeah. He's one of those high voice dudes. I I pictured him Australian. No, he's sounding. a high voice guy. He always like had me like it's like it's like high voice Eric from the Howard Stern show where he's like, You guys had me rolling and everybody went in. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> but that's not bad. Some guys have high voices. That's true. Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin had a high voice. Sing say Robert talk like Robert Plant. Okay, here's my Robert Plant. 
You had me rolling when everybody was getting into the characters doing that. Is that what he really sounds like? I think so. Is it that high, really? He's pretty high. He's not quite that he's high. He's a high singer. Right, but he's, he's got that half an octave already, like half to full octave above me to get those notes. Yeah. Just right out of the gate. So uh, he also says, Kurt goes on to say, he enjoyed the moments in Sons of Anarchy when Angela could have uh, really banked a lot of money selling guns with her Sam Crow rule. But she brought, I think, five guns to a throwdown with Fred. I do believe Fred was not happy. Oh, oh. I know Fred was not oh, happy. check this clip out. <laughs> I'm at 11. They're like purple weeds. I am at 11 right now. Two, four, six, eight, nine, ten. So I could get to 10 if I called everybody in. Let's do it. You got to spend a token per location. So you have to spend two in order to go all in. Oh. Wow. This is hardcore. I'm ready, Fred. All right. You didn't even grab anything. I saw you. Oh, I wonder. (laughs) He says, oh. She's she's not much for a poker face. (laughs) Are we doing this? I'd like to, but I don't want to grab anything either if you're not grabbing anything. Oh my god, you went in for how many guns? Five. Holy crap. I don't even know if I can do it. Five guns and you have two. I was I was one ahead and I put in six more points at 17 and you have 15 plus you had 10, so you're at 25. No, I had more than 10, right? Two, you had four, four, six, six. eight, nine, ten. No, you're right, I'm sorry, 10. So you had 25 and I'm at 17. I can't equal it. So I actually get chased off, and you kill five of my guys go to the hospital. Champion. But two no, of you your guys. No, you go to the guys, ER. You're not even getting to the Two of your guys hospital. go to the ER, too. That's cool. That's cool. And you get to exploit that space. That's cool. That's really, really actually pretty cool because... So these are all gone, right? Yes. Because that counted in the yeah. fight. All of them go away. Yeah. We get to keep them. Oh, that was huge. That was huge. I liked that a lot. So now I finally get to do what I've been wanting to do. So for two of those. Oh, this is bad. I get six plus my extra dollar. So I need seven. Seven dollars. Oh, my God. Man, that felt good. Fred, thank you for allowing me (laughs) to take out your one niners. Oh, my God. That's so bad. You told me to go after him, didn't you, Nicole? Yes, I did. I'm proud of you. Do you feel? I know, oh, yeah. but I mean, you can shut me down for the rest of the game right now. Okay, right now. You can just go upstairs. I think to bed. the tides have turned. We might have to attack Billy a little. It's or Nicole's Angela. turn. What is it, girls or versus Angela. boys? We don't attack Angela. Uh, you need to attack Billy. Attack Angela. <laughs> you, you, you have no <laughs> Mike idea. Is picking Your that turn, up. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got to say thank you to Angela for bringing everything you had because thematically in that game, they wouldn't have cared about the money. They would have brought every single gun they could to win that fight. Yes. And that game got really close to the show at that point. Thank you for bringing the theme to that game, Angela. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He says he would like to thank. uh, Thanks for the entertainment. And he wishes uh, friend Nicole a fruitful future. Like Rodney said, if we're ever, ever in Southern California, he would like to partake in some gaming sessions. Nicole's grandma, who's like 98 or 99, 99. she lives in Southern California in Lakewood. Mm -hmm. We visit there rarely. Last time we were there was probably 15 years ago. 2002 or three, something like that. Something like that. Mm. It's been a while. If we went back, we'd go to that Harry Potter world. (laughs) 
And visit Grandma's your grandma. 99, but <laughs> and we'd go to grandma. Harry Potter World and Disneyland. Right after we visit her. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, that's all the comments we got for memorable moments. But here, Nicole and I decided to do our collective top five funniest moments. Here is number five. This is from the Sons of Anarchy episode. This is Angela. I'm promoting him. I won't. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Sometimes weird sounds just come out of nowhere and they make you laugh for quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Like you have somebody who like tries to make a decision and they go. Usually the reaction is wait. Like they're like, I think I want to wait. No. I want to do that. Her her reaction is duh. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Our next one is from the Elder Signs one. <clears throat> let's just let's just listen to this because this is right before the game starts. Wait, who's played who's first so, player? We haven't played that game no, yet. No, we're not gonna play Star Player. We're gonna play just our quick version of first no, player. No, we're gonna play Star Player. Oh no. come on. Ow. Oh, you're mean. So, are there, like, trophy tokens? No, you collect monsters, like, and the... Monsters uh, are usually okay, trophies. So and the spaces. If I, to spend two... Monsters are trophies, and so are the spaces, so are the cards. Right, right, but I've got three, so how do I spend the extra one? Well, I don't know. You'll, you can get one trophy and then spend the two. But if you spend that card, it's spent. And I only get two out of it. So why is it worth three? That's stupid. You just roll It's not always... Yeah, it's Scurvy not always. dog. This is what this is, scurvy dog. This is just a single little she gr- is. gray cyclops looking ball who says, that's an interesting choice of words on a boat. How many folks spend a night at sea not on a boat? Unless their boat sank or unless if they're fish people or maybe they're undead pirates. <laughs> Whoever has most recently been on a boat. The player who has spent the most nights at sea on a boat we is the star player. I have not spent a single night at A night sea. on a boat? Yeah, yes. no. Mm-mm. No, none of us. Try again. Thank you. This one says uh, cocoa bean. Or chocolate bean. I don't care. Cocoa bean. Here we go. If anyone gets chocolate milk or any other beverage within 20 feet of the gaming table, I will kill them dead. Why chocolate milk? I don't get it. The player who has re- most recently drank chocolate milk is the star player. I have no idea what oh my last time chocolate milk was. Next. If it was the person who most recently drank scotch, it would be me. Here we go. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, I can't do that one. We just did that one. Oh, for Pete's sakes. Okay. You should, you should take from the front and put in the bag. Oh, yeah. yeah. Curly. This is this is the cartoon. All I can say is, ooh, surely you're not going to interpret this card that way. I refuse to be the one who determines the win- winner. The player who has the curliest hair is the start player. I do not have curly hair. None of us do. This is insanity. Even when I have hair, I know it's not curly. Form stretcher. <laughs> Joey Chet, Hector <laughs> Chortez. Leo Lunenschloss being German rocks. <laughs> the player who has the most letters in their first and last names is the star player. 15. Really? 6 plus 9. Whoa. I have 9 in my first name. In your and first check. And 7. 7 in my second name, so I have 16 letters. 
I was six and seven, so I have 13. Okay. You win. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I had been begging to end the start player game for a while before this episode. And, uh, you I know, I had re- I got to say when I picked it up in the store or I actually bought it online through yeah, a, like, a miniature market order. And I, and I was I really high hopes that it was going to be fun. And w- when we started going through the cards and seeing which ones related to you and I, the owners of the game, Suddenly, our big deck of like 60 different potential cards went down to like 15. Yeah. Like 25% of them would actually apply to any given situation with any players. Whereas the other ones were just sort of like, neither one of us is curly haired. So right. we either get rid of that card or that when that card comes up, it's automatically not us. Right. So we just got rid of it. But that was the, that was the big ending of We Star still Park. have it. We just don't play it. We still got a really cool giant sized meeple with sunglasses. I know. We should bring him out sometime. Maybe I will. Mm -hmm. Our third funniest moment from the show, in our opinions, was this segment. Now, I'm going to just preface this that just to know when you listen to this, I played this clip without letting anyone know why I was playing this clip, but it was purely sort of a ruse or sort of a joke for listeners to kind of go into and come out the other side hearing this. Okay, because this is us scoring at the end of the game for Mission Red Planet when we've run out of chips. There's not enough of these tokens. Right. For that. Uh, This is what it says. If you run out of score tokens, use resource tokens, which are these. Uh, There were three tokens of the same kind at the end of the game. When a single player has the most astronauts in the zone, they receive the resource token that was placed in that zone. So these... You can trade those in for three of... Right, but there's no twos left. Right. So I think we're getting hosed on this. So let's just do scoring individually because this is going to get messed up. This is why I said to Nicole, it's the hardest part of the whole game. Yeah. So maybe we can work out ones. I think we can work out ones, right? Like you get these plus two more because Keith threw that thing down that that depleted you. Keith gets, or no, we don't get any. We get two, we get one apiece on this one that we yep. tied in. Here, let's right. clear the ones off that we're done with then. <laughs> oh, and you have that one. You get that one. It oh, says I you get, get that one, yeah. Oh. Uh, so this one, Keith had majority, so he gets this one plus three more ones. Do we have three more ones? Yep. And then Keith gets three ones for that one, right? Yeah. I think that makes me the win king. Plus this one. Okay. Yeah. Keith also gets three threes for that one. For this one, plus the three chip. <laughs> okay. Okay. I get three threes for that one. All right. Go ahead and get three threes. And you get the three <laughs> I chip. Get, I got like 15 ones. <laughs> okay. Okay. So up here, you and I are tied. So we get... We get this is what stinks about it, is that we don't have enough chips to make well, them Well, yeah, because we each get two. Yeah, so you get we one of us would get two of these, and the other one would get two. So you just take two of those and put the other one back. That one's done. This one, did you get this one yet? No. Okay, so you get three twos for that. I don't have three twos. I have right. Two twos. Plus, Keith needs to get three twos down here, and I get these five okay, twos wait, wait, wait. plus that two. Well, if I get three so I would be twos done plus that, that point, chip. Those. And didn't you get the ones for that? You got the ones for that. Hmm? Get out here. No, he didn't. He didn't? We no, shared. Not for that one. Oh, that's right. 
Uh, so this one gets that one discarded. Goes, that one gets discarded. Sorry. So we're down to these twos. So all you have to do is come up with... There's no bonuses for having the most twos. So, okay, so, so just come up with threes, threes that work, but you have to divide it by twos. You have to divide it by twos, so it would be six points. Two threes each. So you could only... Yeah. Well, no... Two threes for you, two threes for me. That'll make six. Oh, two of those. But you're not going to divide it by three. You have to divide it by two point chips. Why? Because if you had two point chips, it would be... Three two point chips is two three point chips. So you would get one apiece, and then the other person would get the scoring token. All right. Why? They're not tied. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Two of them. He gets that. I get this. Right. Good. You're out of here. Good Lord. What's wrong with you? All right. Now. (laughs) So everybody has their points that they're supposed to have. Now. He Wait gets a minute. Nine six extra six times twelve divided by eighteen. Wait a minute. You get nine extra points, Keith. Let's just go ahead and do your scoring. I'll do it on my calculator real quick, okay? So just start. Oh, wait, but don't forget my bonuses. Right. Oh we'll, yeah, there's these two. We'll do all those real quick because I don't this is this is the hardest part of this game. <laughs> oh my god! Why is that so funny? Oh my god, that's the funniest clip I think I've we ever played on this show. We should have put a disclaimer show. before that part saying if you're in a, in a vehicle, pull over because you're going to fall asleep before the end of it. My gosh. <laughs> oh my god, that's got to be the funniest clip we've ever played on this show. What kind of math are we doing? <laughs> two threes, we can't do two points, three points. Are you? Oh, oh my, my god, so... <laughs> I really don't know if anybody's going to think that is fun, um, as funny as I think that is. Sorry to put you through that again. <laughs> that one, I'm telling you, just listening to it It's earlier, out of control. I start, by, the, by like halfway through it, I'm going to like, really, is this very funny? And by the end of it, I'm just like laughing hysterically. It was as ridiculous it was as it could get. ridiculous. It was so difficult. No game should be that difficult. And all we need is is more you know, one, two, and three numbered chips. Yes. That's all you need, and that doesn't happen. Now, in the new version of that, that is that is not Not there. a problem. But in the old version that we have, there was, and it just absolutely says in the book, we didn't include enough chips. It's like, why deal would you with tell it. me that? That sucks. They're like, deal with it. You're going to run out of chips. Ugh. And our three-player game went really off the rails right there. Uh, number two, <laughs> this one comes really, this one comes pretty early on. This is from the Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Is that right? Betrayal at the House on the Hill, yes. Okay. This is, uh, this is kind of fun because we have, we, have some, we have a player who's not, you know, a higher level player and doesn't quite understand secret information very well. And it kind of, it's, it's James, and it sounds like this when it happens in a game. Goodbye, event card. Do we still need to get to the library? What are you talking about? Shut your mouth. You need yeah. to go to the library? Shut your mouth. What's in the library? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what is wrong What's going on in the library, guys? Right? our team. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't want to go to the library. Huh? Oh, my okay. God, James. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we already discussed that we had already oh been there. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what are you doing? All right, I'm going north oh, one. man. Don't go to the library. The mummy's going to be there. Wait, that was in the discard <laughs> pile that you just yeah, put. Oh, yeah. yeah. That right. one. What are you doing? Kitchen. Oh, it's not the library, though. It's the basement what? kitchen. The basement kitchen. And it's an omen code. Great. Here. <laughs> go read about that. Uh, in the library? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> 
That's trash for you. Are you going to library? I'm going to throw this book at somebody. All right. See, this is the whole thing. James is telling all kinds of information to Matt, and Matt's not supposed to know. Right. And and, I, and he does a terrible, terrible fumbled recovery. <laughs> and Matt, of course, just doesn't buy at all. Matt, who's played several games, you know, many, many games more than James has, is just all over him about it. Of it's course. It's so funny. Anyways. All right. My number one favorite funny clip. Now, Nicole might argue that the gymnasium was slightly funnier than this. But this is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that when someone asked me funny moment on your show for some reason, and it's probably because it was so early in the show, it really stuck with me. And this is from our Eldritch Horror episode when we had Chris and Sabrina over by themselves. And this is the result of role playing pals playing a board game with a potential character role play in it. This is what it sounds like. Oh man, do I want a bodyguard or a personal assistant? What's going to beat a winged serpent? A personal assistant? Hey, I took your calls, you got three. (laughs) (laughs) How long is it going to take for me to get to that winged serpent? The winged serpent didn't call you today. I know the winged serpent didn't call. I don't know if you have a meeting with him or not. (laughs) He must be busy. Or some guy who's like, you want me to take that winged serpent out? I'll do it. Fine. I'll take no, the you bodyguard. Take whatever you want. I'm taking the personal assistant. Yes. I wanted to have a personal assistant. Yes. I want to feel like I'm moving up in this world. I'm no longer just a soldier. So the winged serpent. Okay, so now he replaces that. Today's no good. <laughs> Rome. You speak to a number of Vatican authorities about your investigations. They carefully consider my story. I have to do an influence at minus one. Hey, because of my ally, I get to actually do it at just my two. Yay! <laughs> Sir, the right. Vatican's on the phone. If you would pass. you like to talk to him, or would you like me to leave him, leave him a message? <laughs> you want me to tell him that you're out? Uh... Personal assistant, get me that appointment. Right away, sir, let me get on the phone. He'll only talk to the Pope. <laughs> the Pope. No, I don't, I don't care. Right. Holy moly, he passed. I did. All right, if you pass. Thanks, assistant, I got this. All right. Uh, I'm thanks for doing is. my good Turns work. Turns out he was here, he was in the john. <laughs> I gained the blessed condition. Yes! I am blessed. We are going to win this game. Uh, thank you, assistant. <laughs> You're welcome, sir, I guess. Do you want coffee? <laughs> Actually, go ahead and bring me some coffee. All right, I'll, I'll go get the water from the... <laughs> Tanner at the front of the church. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what he's blessed. Oh, okay, I I'm get blessed. it. So I think you lose all your allies, but you don't lose the rest of your stuff. But like your personal assistant's like, well, he's dumb. He's just out. Bodyguard, you didn't help me out. <clears throat> he's like, what'd you say, crazy? You know what I heard? <laughs> 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 I mean, there you go. Personal assistant, Nicole. It was just ridiculous. It keeps coming up, too. We've referenced it many times throughout the, the history of the podcast. I don't know why that's my favorite moment. It just is. Because it just stands out. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. It was so much fun to play personal assistant. And I mean, I think, I think the main thing is, is I'll play those characters. I might speak as, as the devil that they're making a deal with in the Elder Signs game or whatever. But... Daniel doesn't play back. Chris plays back. 
Chris is right there because he likes role playing. Chris, or not Chris. Daniel made a funny joke in that too, though. He he made a funny name. Yeah, but he didn't which, play a character with me. Right, that's true. That's which true. which I think is so much fun to kind of play those. You know, and it, what's funny is at work, Travis will role play with me. Hmm. It doesn't seem like he would. He totally will, which is fun. Hmm. Like I I can just say let's do some role playing and he'll do it. Everybody else goes no. <laughs> But anyways, those are our top five funny moments. <laughs> and I would like to say thanks to the Guild for those memorable moments. And let's move on, Nicole, mm-hmm. because this week we played a game set up in the pulp action world of the 1940s. But let's have one last what about that concerning pulp games. All these games have been All right, let's do this as fast as we can, Nicole, because we're okay. an hour and 26 minutes into Woo! this thing. Uh, so <clears throat> this week we played a game set in the 1940s pulp world. So let's talk about pulp, not the slurry that leads to paper or the center of a fruit. OK, <laughs> but in this wow. case, we're talking about stories of a lurid subject matter, <laughs> stories that are sensational, explicit, <laughs> shocking, sexy and criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, These kind of stories were published in magazines between 1896 and sometime around the 1950s. Characters were like really uh, out there like Doc Savage and Captain Action, Tarzan, Conan, Zorro, the Shadow. Those are all pulp characters like pulp heroes. These kind of offbeat weirdos that kind of draw your interest. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't they be? These are the stories that uh, led to guys like James Bond, Inia Jones and Remo Williams, you know. And I know Remo Williams, I've talked about him in an episode. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. So stories of danger, unknown, untold treasure, treasure, and women who only lead to trouble. That's all of us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Not that I have to designate lady. <laughs> so these stories can <laughs> these stories can lead anywhere. They can be any genre, horror, crime, fantasy, proto-hero like the shadow, you know, sort of a hero who's not super, uh, science fiction, even romance, okay? Writers who were published in these magazines, this is pretty interesting, were often paid a penny per word for stories. Weird. So just think that Robert E. Howard of Conan and Solomon Kane fame getting $89 for his first Conan published, The Phoenix and the Sword. Okay? That's weird. I know. Weird Tales December 1932 is when he was paid for that. I don't know if he got a penny or not, but that would be about what he got. Uh, with inflation, that turns out to be actually a respectable $1,500 today for this ridiculous story of a sword-swinging, you know, loincloth-wearing muscle freak. Yeah, except he probably didn't get any kind of royalties or regi- residual income. Heck no, he didn't. People like Howard and even H.P. Lovecraft made their their livings publishing stories in these magazines. Their greatness buried inside uh, books uh, regarded as trashy reading, you know, Yeah. at the time. Uh, of course, the stories in these magazines would have a word count of over 60,000 in the 30s that shrank during war shortages of the 40s and then again in the 50s as they were faced with increasing competition from comic books and more in movie releases and also serialized television shows and radio shows. Hmm. Uh, now, though they ended in the 50s, the echoes still survive today. Movies like Indiana Jones and the obviously titled Pulp Fiction show their influence. And really, where would uh, role-playing games and board games be today without these great fan service stories? Great uh, games like Conan, Eldritch Horror, The Adventurers, 
Mission Red Planet, Agents of Smirsh, Space Cadets, Away Missions. Countless games borrow heavily from these simple stories from the past. Don't get me started on movies because it's countless. Mm -hmm. We just saw an ad for Tom Cruise's new Mummy movie that seems like it came straight out of a pulp story from the 40s. Looks okay, fine. Right. <laughs> now, believe me, they all borrow heavy from this style. And why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Because these stories give the reader exactly what they're looking for. Lurid, sexy, shocking, and astonishing. And this week's game combines all those elements into an Indiana Jones and mafia crime adventure story, a global race to collect lost treasures. Bet you can't wait, listeners, to hear how this turns out. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. Fortune and glory, Nicole. That's what we're all, we're all in for, right? Oh, of course. Right. Now, this is a competitive or cooperative game from Flying Frog Productions for one to eight players. Each player assumes the role of a pulp-style hero, each with their own stats and abilities, who travel the world chasing after ancient relics, attempting to win the game by being the first to collect 15 fortune. In the co-op, you as a team are challenged by a vile organization to reach a, a collective fortune goal. Now, after getting your character cards, players place a miniature of their character on the game board, a huge map of the world, trimmed out with forests and vines and tribesmen and golden treasures and temples. Now, the map includes many small cities on it and, and spaces where these small cities are at, also large cities where the price that you'll get for, your, for selling is higher, but the risk is higher as well. Now, after placing your character in your starting city, the map is populated with interesting discoveries. These are generated randomly from drawing a tile or a title and a type card and then combining them. So you might draw one card that says the lost city of and then combine it with a second card that says the crimson monkey, which would become what? The lost city of the crimson monkey. That sounds amazing. Or you draw one that says the spear and the second card says of Ares. The Spear of Ares. <laughs> this is hard. Right. These combinations give unique qualities to the relics and are drawn with a location card, placing them randomly on the map itself. Now, after this is set up, a vile organization is chosen. The base game comes with Nazis and Mafia, and the expansions will add a third uh, vile organization called the Cult of the Crimson Hand. Now, each vile organization comes with their own evil leader miniatures and, a hench and henchman miniatures as well. They have their own list of vile tactics that they use potentially each turn, and they also have global effects that change the feel of the game overall. Uh, a random villain begins on one of the relic spaces, uh, searching for the relic itself. The other ones are temporarily delayed, joining on later turns. With that, the race is on. Either you are competing against others to obtain more fortune first, or working with them to stop the vile organization from seizing control of the world. On a player's turn, players really just do two things. They move, and then they adventure. Moving is done by a die roll, and adventuring involves searching for treasure, going into a city for some business, that kind of stuff. Completing these adventures involves passing several trait tests presented by, uh, to a player 
Mua. Via, I don't even know what I said right there. <laughs> <laughs> via what? I don't even know, but it's via challenge cards that you can get. Uh, now, in between these uh, these hero turns, the, via, the, the villains will have their phase where they populate the map and they steal artifacts from the board and act as general roadblocks for your progress. You stop your laughing, I'm missing. sorry, it was some violence <laughs> for the villains. Now, we must, act, we must act quickly and recover these artifacts before the vile organization uses them to take over the world, Nicole. Violins. Violins. Let's, Let's play, play them. for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Nicole, we chose the Mafia because we've played the Nazis too many times. Well, because everybody wants to kill the Nazis. The Nazis is where it really feels like an Indiana Jones game. Right, exactly. And this one, uh, it still feels like world hopping and stuff. It's just a different cult or a different group with a different agenda. Right. Uh, but they still have the, the same idea. They want to, you know, become the rulers of the world. Right. Now, the mafias, one of the things they do is their global effect is they raise the cost of getting items for us. Like straight across the board, because the mafia is in control, the price of everything has gone up. Which is crazy. <clears throat> right. That's their global <laughs> effect. So let's just hear how this goes and let's try to stop them in this first clip. Did we roll for initiative? Everybody roll? Did you guys roll? No. I rolled a bunch of dice. I'm rolling this one. I rolled a four. I did not. Two. Three. I rolled a five. Okay. Four. Nicole is going first. Announce your character, and you're going to take your first move. Uh, you can go, as, as I said, we're playing the movement rules that you get four, or you can roll a die. Okay. I am Nigel Harrington. I'm a big game hunter. I start in Bombay. <clears throat> Excuse me. My abilities are I'm a marksman, so I hit in a fight on the rolls of three, four, five, or six. Um, but I'm prideful, so I may not escape from a fight. If I start it, I'm finishing it. Honestly, with that mustache, I don't see how you wouldn't be prideful. <laughs> um, of course, I'm a hunter, so I gain two fight dice against any animal enemy and two adventure dice on any animal test. Okay. And my quote is, I say, what the devil is going on here? Whoa. Of course, so, I am British. It's are you British. rolling to move, or are you just moving four spaces? Well, I have a question. Yeah, of course. I'm in a town, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I can't see that far, so I'm in a town, right? <laughs> yes. So it's going to cost me one to move out of it. Right. And then one to move through India, and then two to move through the ocean, so I'll be stuck in the ocean if I try and go anywhere, you if I move four, right? I don't even know where you're going. If I was trying to go to that blue thing, um, can I make it to the blue one, thing? One, two, three, four, five, six. You could on a six. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to roll. You could move. You're in a dock, so you can move straight into the end of the ocean for two. And it'll be three, four, five. Right, so it's still, it's like <laughs> it'd five. It'd be a six still. So six, no matter which way you slice it. Okay, you're rolling? so I'm going to roll. Rolling to move. I've got a two. She gets so an, get event an event card. <laughs> Hey, before you leave Bombay, is it nice this time? In Bombay? Where were you moving to, anyways? It's a friend's reference. I don't remember it. Matter. Yes, Bombay is very nice this time of year. Who are we talking to? Rachel is, like, pretending to be from Bombay. From, she's trying to be bombastic. It's the episode where <laughs> Ross decided he was British. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's teaching the class. Yeah, I remember that. That's funny. Okay. And Monica became Scottish. 
<laughs> what are we doing? Um, I ha extra effort. Play on. Oh, this is wait. Right. Do I hold on to this? It says event physical. Play on any hero to give them plus two agility yeah, or plus you just two play combat later on. for one test. It goes in your hand. Okay. Yay. Now where do you move? Huh? Oh, you have um, two I move two. Well, I guess I'm gonna move <laughs> into that. I'm gonna move into India and then into that other town with the Stonehenge-looking thing. What is that? Stonehenge. Yeah, where are you? What you pointed at? Yeah. Right. There's no town there. You just move into like the jungle. Okay. Uh, so you moved into a space with nothing there, but you still might have an event. So roll a die for that. Okay. Why? Because you do. I rolled a five. Okay. You draw another event card. I do. Yep. Okay. On a roller four, five, or six, if, if you don't have a space with an artifact or not in a city, you get an advent card. Play immediately. Place a temple onto the board at a random location and draw an adventure card for it. <clears throat> an adventure card? Yeah. Uh, the Lost Temple of blah blah. This extra temple is not replenished when completed. Okay, uh, so you grab a, you, you place a temple onto the board at <coughs> random location, so you just grab a location <coughs> card. Me. I'm so sorry. Grab a location card. Oh. And this Thank becomes you. like a new temple Okay, right in here. Shanghai. Here is Shanghai. So that goes on, on Shanghai. It's in China. Shanghai. Okay. Well, hey, that worked out, because that's kind of the direction Well, this goes on the bottom of the location, or goes, this is just discarded location. Oh, it, we okay. We don't need that. Uh, so you now have a, a uh, temple. You found a lost temple in Shanghai, or you discovered that there was one. Right. Um, at a rent. Okay, so this is just a six glory. So we get six glory out. We put a temple there. Did you put? Sure did. Oh, I did. did. Okay. Pay attention. Six glory goes on top of this card, oh. and we can collect that. Or Are fortune. these Sorry. all? That's fortune. Yeah, that's that's oh. what you want. Fortune. You do want fortune. Oh. Sorry, I missed. Are they? They're like different sizes. Does yep. That there's fives and the, ones. Yeah, the big ones are fives. The little oh. ones are ones. And you said six? Yep. Up there on that card. And there you go. So that's the end of Nicole's movement. Right. Uh, see, that was your adventure phase. That was my adventure. I just screwed that up. You totally screwed that up. <laughs> I know. Uh, we all do our move phase first. Sorry. All right. So it's first turn. Whatever. I make a mistake. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> when does that not happen? Okay, so in this game, you do we do actually all take our movement phase, so we all know where each other went, and then we take actions. The reason being is because you can team up on actions together and adventures together. Uh, you will notice something else is that the game comes with a soundtrack, and the music you're hearing in the background is the soundtrack for the game. And, of course, I can't find... The information <laughs> from the soundtrack. Uh, you'll also note, we'll give you some of that information here in a second as to who made that soundtrack. Uh, the rule amendments help the roll and move. This is, an, this is a suggested rule uh, variant in the back of the game. Uh, obviously, a roll and move is you roll a die, you get and a die, I say a one, one to six die, six-sided die. And uh, the base rule is that you roll that. If you roll a one, you get an event card, which is like uh, usually something pretty good. Potentially good. Uh, like your, wasn't yours an event card that gave you the temple? Yes. Right. So that put another artifact, like a little special artifact down, breaking the, the you know, the normal amount that we would have. Uh, in this one, though, we decided that we would do an amended rule where you could, at the start of your turn, if you decide to give up that event card and not roll, you could actually move four spaces. 
to give up the chance for that event card or the chance of getting a five or six. And that's what we've decided to play with. Right, Nicole? Right. Now, the adventure is just getting started, and it's just starting to get interesting, as you will hear when Matt, Brianna, and I take on one of these temples together. Let's listen to that. So we're back around in my turn because Nicole adventures and doesn't come up with anything except the new temple. She finds it. I got a temple. Yay! Yay. Now wait 15 minutes. Now wait 15 minutes all you before you do anything. (laughs) Right. Uh, Angela Angela Espinoza, the grease monkey, is who I'm playing. And she has a workshop thing. She can buy gear cards for two less glory than normal. She's also an expert mechanic who has plus two adventure dice during any tech or trap test. And she says, I can handle myself. Because she's sassy. She is sassy. <laughs> so right now, I'm going to go in. Uh, I'm going to try to adventure this temple here. Uh, starting with me at this point, each hero interacts with the space city or adventure they're in. Uh, heroes racing each other to do dangers. Okay, so here's what I'm doing. Angela Espinoza is entering and exploring the city of the Golden Mummy. <laughs> so there you go. I'm going into the city of the Golden Mummy. So the first thing I do is I draw a danger because I can do this. Okay, so I have now gotten into a high-speed car chase on my way to the temple. It is, but the three of us are doing this adventure at once. So any one of the three of us can do this. Okay. Because basically all collectively we're doing this. Um... It says you have to step on the gas if you want to get away. It's an agility 5+. plus. My agility is 3. So is mine. Same. Ugh, so I should probably should just take it, because it's, it's a 2 have to pass 5+. plus. So I'm probably going to get beat up. Here we go. Going in. Have to pass both of them. I, I passed one. So here's what can happen. Either we're going to go... Either we're going to basically take a temple collapse kind of effect right now, or potentially, or you guys can exert yourself to add more dice to the pool. But it would take, it's its a red one, so you would take two wounds if you wanted to put extra dice in. But then... But all of us are involved in this car chase. Right, so the, the wounds go away though after we're done with this, right? Right, because I think, I think when we're, co- let me just double check here, but I think when we're cooperatively doing a, of course it goes to the team game after the villain phase. So let's see. If we are cooperatively uh, doing an adventure, when two or more are on the same artifacts, they work together to overcome dangers. The heroes draw a single danger card for all of them and choose which hero is going to make the test. So yeah, we it will end all of our tu- turns if we mess this up. Well, we yeah, could, I mean, all we could still camp down after that. So you want to take two points of damage? Sure. Okay, damage tokens are over there. Nicole is the banker here. She thinks she has no responsibilities, but she does. Okay. <laughs> so and then it, it gives you two dice or one die? It gives me one additional die for okay. every two wounds you take. But remember, you get all the wounds back if we get to a cliffhanger. Are you going to exert or if, if we if we bow out. I've only got five wounds to go. Well, we can do them one at a time. So here we go. Rolling another die. Oh, a one. <laughs> so those points were for nothing. Did you want to try one, Matt? It took two for one die. Yeah. Yes. It's a red. It's it's this red one. 
Sure. It's, okay, Matt just took two damage. Oh, man. Does it have to be a five or a six? Yes. Okay, I'll do two more. <laughs> I'm so bad, I feel like I'm ruining this for you guys. <laughs> Nope. Another one? <laughs> you want one more, Matt? Sure. This is bad. I'm so sorry, guys. Yes! yes. We got it. Okay. So, I, I say because Couldn't we've taken... You've taken some wounds and helped yourself out I there, can't, buddy? I cannot. Why? Because it, it specifically states in the rules that you can only take exertion on your own test if you're already in a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. There's a special exception to multiple people doing one test. So That's just weird. All right, let's talk about these danger cards, Nicole. Danger. These danger cards are a double-sided stack of cards. <clears throat> on one side's a normal challenge. On the back side is what they call a cliffhanger. Now, the normal side might be, like you heard, a car chase, right? Mm-hmm. This tells you a challenge, usually, and a, and a stat. Now, you have, a, like, a list of stats on your character little card that's, like, you know, strength, agility, whatever, you know? Series of, like, little stats, right? Right. Those tell you a number. The number, as a lot of these adventure games, relates to how many dice you get to throw whenever you take a challenge of that type. So, in this case, it might say agility, so in agility, if I look at my agility, it says my agility is three. I get to roll three dice when I take an agility-based challenge. The number then has a series of X's next to it that tell you how many times you have to succeed in this game. Right. Okay? So then I roll three. I have to hit, and it also tell you a number, like five plus. So I have to hit a five or better on my die roll of three. Now... On the other side is the cliffhanger version of it, because if I fail that front side, I'll have to flip it over and go to the cliffhanger side of it, which is usually like uh, you run off a cliff and crash into the ocean or try to swim to safety or something like that will be the follow up. That would be a literal cliffhanger (laughs) if you were like you jumped out of your car and grabbed onto a branch. Now, the reason these are cliffhangers (laughs) is because when you go from the front side to the back side of the card... Your turn ends and you don't get to do the backside of that card until the next time your turn comes around. That's when you get to do the cliffhanger. But if you get out and it's not explained properly, then someone's going to freak out because you didn't get out of the cock-a-duty car. All right. Now, here's the deal. In this case, uh, exertion is something you can use in the cliffhanger side because you would sacrifice your personal health in order to save yourself because you know that the situation is dire. In the game with cooperative people, you can actually exert during the front side of it. Now, the reason they were doing more than one die, usually you trade hit points for dice when you exert. In this case, these were red challenges, which were added from an expansion, which means that when you exert, it takes two dice to exert or two hit points to, to exert for one more die. Right. And so they took a lot of damage to push me through this. Now, let's continue this temple stuff when we listen to Brianna's turn, okay? Okay. Temples have a higher fortune value. When they enter play, the number of fortune coins in the temple, uh, instead of getting only getting fortune by collecting and selling the artifact, you get this. For every time you overcome a danger, you take one fortune from the temple. 
If you collect the last fortune coin from the temple, it also, see that, that number doesn't apply for these. So we got one fortune. But wait, there's more. Yeah, so my mission was to collect at least one fortune from a temple. Okay. And the reward is if immediately steal up to two fortune extra from that temple. Oh, so we got three. Yes. Okay, this goes into a collective pile, okay? This is, let's keep it, Nicole will be the banker for those piles too. So we get- bowl? Where's my banker? I don't know. So we got those two, now we get four glory each. And that is the end of all of our turns as we bunk down and you guys get all your health back. All right, let's talk about this, okay? Because there's a couple things that I, I mentioned here. One is temple collapsing. So there's two types of relics relic locations you can have in the game. Mm-hmm. One is just a relic and one's a temple. Either way, you're going to still be going after after the Spear of Ares or, you know, the the Temple of the Golden Monkey or whatever whatever it is, but you're in the temple cases, you're at a location exploring a building rather than just finding this thing in the middle of nowhere. And it kind of uh they kind of do a little bit of effort to sort of represent a building and certain treasures you'll get along the way because as you complete challenge cards or danger cards, they give you a fortune for each one of those and each temple could be worth a certain number. So let's say let's say it's just the Spear of Ares and it's not a temple and mm-hmm. it, has, it has four dangers on it that you have to overcome in order to collect that. Well, every time you complete one of those, you get nothing, but you put a success on that token letting or like on that card, letting you know, I've completed one success towards exploring this. Okay. Right. For each card. (laughs) In the case of the temples, you put a little temple icon down and you collect a fortune that will say like 10. Temple of the Cursed Monkey might be 10. And every time you complete a danger card, you collect one of those fortunes, which is points towards the end of the game total. And at the end of it, when you complete the last one, you take the temple itself, which is worth three fortune if you sell it at a city, the actual temple miniature itself. Mm -hmm. The Spear of Ares, you just collect the card that says the Spear of Ares or, or the Spear, and you put it in your hand, and when you get to a town, you sell it, and it's worth a certain number on there, usually about the same or nearly the same as what a temple would be worth. Except the temple just seems to take more time, and you can get some of it and leave if you want to as well. Right. But the temples also have a, a weird thing where they can collapse, and and that's just sort of like if you fail a mission, you go to the the you failed enough missions, then you can actually end up with the temple collapsing and no one getting the, the relic, which is a bummer. Right. Uh, so also, you hear that we camp down in this. Now camping down doesn't stop your adventure. If I'm five adventures or like let's say I'm I got a, a the spear of Ares is a four danger level if I'm two in and I camp down I still keep my two success success tokens I don't leave the area and I just start back in adventuring next turn however it causes a break in the action where I get to bank all the glory that I've that I've gained so far which is what you get normally for overcoming enemies and challenge cards and then I also get to get all my hit points back that I've lost adventuring so far which don't they don't go away if you if you keep pushing on because you can push on all the way through an entire challenge card and finish it if you want in one turn but your hit points never reset and whatever glory you've gained up to that point is on the line and if you fail anything you lose all of it so there's kind of a risk reward system as well as the fact that you're trying to compete against other players potentially to stop them from getting the artifact first mm-hmm. 
So it's, it's actually really interesting when you do it like that. The last thing is in this clip that you hear is that Brianna invokes a personal mission card. Personal missions are in, are in an expansion, and they just sort of give you a bonus effect that happens if you meet certain game conditions. Like in her case, if she collects a single fortune from a temple artifact, she automatically gets to like collect two more fortune from that temple immediately. Right. Which is, which is I, just something she randomly got. I think she was the only one who actually completed a personal mission in that really? game that we played. I think so. I, I never did get to do mine. I, I never know did that. mine either. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. Mine was something like I had to beat a, a, a villain during some particular type of fight. Right. And I just never could make it happen. Hmm. Like, anyhow. Well, Nicole, let me just say that I'm just thinking about the clips we've listened to so far, and something doesn't quite seem right. So let's see if that makes this next clip makes up for that. Okay. Brianna, I guess, is going next. Brianna. Okay. Move. Um, you have to say your character is, too. Oh, yeah. No, we don't know yeah. who you are yet. Sharon I Hunter, daring photographer. Whoa. That is me. She keeps allies or something like yes, that? Yes, yeah. I start the game with an ally card. All of my allies are plus one loyalty, and I am also well-traveled. Right. You move across yes. cross oh, ocean so you should have actually had spaces. a three loyalty. Oh. Right. Oh, yeah. Good call. And Good. What's, your, what's your ally you have? Uh, my ally is an occult expert. Oh. He... Um, I add plus three adventure die to any single test while at a fate or death adventure. Okay. It's just so wide-eyed, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where do you move? Um, Are you going to stay here? Adventure this temple? Um, you want to leave? I don't know. You want to bail on us? No, I think I'll stay, actually. Whoa. Okay. Nicole, where do you move to? I'm going to roll. Of course you would. I rolled three. a three, and I'm gonna. That'll get me into that temple over there, right? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go into that temple. Okay, so she goes into the lost temple in Shanghai. Right. Okay. So what do I do? No. Uh, nothing right now. You've just moved there. Oh right. Okay. Okay. But is it in Shanghai? Yes, it's in Shanghai. So when you go into a city, you have to act. You can't. You have to actually go grab a city card, I think, too. But uh, I'm going to stay. I'm right? staying here. Matt, you're staying here. I'm staying here. Okay, so we're back around to Brianna. Well, I, I'm Jenny Butler. I'm an actress. Oh. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh, I start with three glory. I can buy ally cards for two less glory than normal. I'm competitive, so I gain plus two fight die against any mob or female enemy or villain. And I have two plus adventure dies on any mob or femme fatale test. Whoa. Because I'm awesome. Very nice. Brianna, your adventure turn. Okay, so... Are you going back into the city of the golden mummy? I am. Now, see, the three of us are all in there with you. Mm -hmm. So, if you're ready, we can start no, doing... No, the two of you are all in there with her. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Not not Nicole. I'm I do not speak I'm off doing my own her. thing there's, there's in Asia. There's three of us in there because she's two people. Mm-hmm. All she's right. You're yeah. right. Oh, very good. Good call. Math. Thanks for Math, pointing, pointing out when Nicole's so smart. And Look, really smart. sirs. All right, that was what was wrong. We had not introduced all of our characters yet. We had not. <laughs> that was not your or my fault, actually. It was all your fault. No, it was <laughs> Matt and Brianna's fault. Oh, that's true. Uh, so also, I want to point out that at this point, we know that the soundtrack was done by Mary Beth Magalanes. Magalanes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and that's who did the soundtrack. So that's the music she, you're hearing she do in the background. All of them? I believe so. I think so. I believe she's done all of them. Uh, also, moving as a team of explorers seems to be working out really well. But guess who hates them? Nicole. I like to hate. You hate teams, don't you? You want all the glory, don't I you? I do. We're playing a co-op. Mm. Unbelievable. Anyways, the... I want to uh, be the VIP. <laughs> and the team leaves Nicole behind, and we start an adventure with a mafioso at the location. Joey smiles in this next clip. I feel like I need to do lore because it... Lore would be five, five or six right. would be successes. Okay. So we'll start with my three dies here. Right. And you can re-roll as long as you hit any successes. Okay. Because it's not shining red. Right. <laughs> okay, you got yes, okay, I got so both we, of them. Right, we passed it. So now just put that card to the side because we can okay. push on if you want to. If we push on, we then have to sneak by Joey Smiles. Okay. Okay. Well, what do you guys think? Should we? We'll go forward? I think we're pushing on. Okay. So uh, Joey has five search dice. So you have to roll five search dice, and we have to call out a number. And I don't know if we collectively sneak. Do we? This is such a confusing thing of doing it together. Because I know we work together on that. Um, I would think it would be escape tests sneak. are made individually. Sneak um, tests to get past work differently, and that each hero chooses the number they want to sneak on, and then all dice are rolled for everyone. Oh, so we might, we may, you know, we can choose different numbers. So I'm just gonna secretly choose my number here, <laughs> Matt. You secretly choosing your number? All right, I'll go with. Oh, you know I'm your go number. With that. I got mine. Okay. I'm I chose. I chose. No, I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> you have to roll those dice. All right. I'm, ch- I'm choosing. Nah. Uh, choose that. Does that work? Okay. I got attacked twice. Matt got attacked none, and no. Brianna got attacked none. Yeah. So I have to fight Joey Smiles twice. <laughs> uh, Joey Smiles has a combat of. Four and I have a combat of four. Give so Nicole, you have to roll four dice and I have to roll four dice. Oh, Let's he see. loves it when I roll. I do not. I got one success. No, you got four fives and sixes. You got oh, three, I got three successes. successes. Little jerk. I got three successes oh, too. Lord. Now that means so I have mean. I have a defensive one and so does Joey. So I've done three hits on Joey, and he's done. Three hit or he or three hits, which means I get three glory, but only do two wounds to him, and he does two wounds to me. So I get three glory for beating up. Oh, Those are big. So I'll just oh, take I'll take two of bad. these and give all of these back. Did we get glory for that first test? Not yet. Okay, so Joey's got two After wounds on him. Done. He's only got six, so he's already half dead. Did he fell asleep? <laughs> Shouldn't he? No, more than that. He only got one wound earlier. Okay. Yep, okay, so now I'm past Joey and we can go to the next danger card if you'd like. So we're going to the next one because you pushed on, right? Yes. Where'd the other one go? Right here. Okay, because we're keeping it for the glory count. There you go. (laughs) Nope, other side. (laughs) Um, Okay, you'll have to climb to get to the summit. And this is an an agility four plus. Requires an extra... Success when at a mountain? Are we on a mountain? 
We are at a mountain, yes. We're at a mountain. So I have to get four successes on an agility four, which I, does anyone have more than three agility? I have three. Nope. Do you guys both have three? So, yeah. So someone's. Someone's going to have to exert. Yes. We can, we'll exert our way through it. That's fine. Is it it a glowing red test though? No. Okay. So it's only one health per die that we add to the exertion. Just so you know. Okay. Because the other one's like, was especially hard. So get three right off the bat. I got one. Okay. You can continue re-rolling as long as you get successes. That's two. You just need to get this last one to succeed. (laughs) No. Okay. Okay. So I'll take a wound to add another one. One wound, Nicole, per die. (laughs) Got it. That's another one. Matt, do you want to take one for the team? Matt wants one. Oh. No. Matt, why don't you take another one since I'm already down three wounds. Sure. Sorry, guys. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's getting beat up on the side of the mountain. Got, Got it. it. Okay, so let's. We're gonna have to camp down now at this point. Okay. I don't so want to push on again because I we're gonna have to fight Joey again. Okay. So but, just. So we we camp down. We did overcome those, so we get two fortune for doing that. Okay. And we get however much glory is added so together. Four. So four glory. Yes. Okay. Four each. Here's one for me to get a fiver. Thank y'all. All right. Two things from this clip, Nicole. First off, if you are in a location with a villain, you may run into them mm-hmm. and have to fight them. Mm-hmm. You try to get away from them because you don't want to fight. Technically, as a hero, you just don't want to. So you always try to sneak past them. And that is done by naming a number. It's not very heroic. I know, but you name a number <laughs> and then you roll however many numbers they're like. Uh, they have like a detection number. You roll that many dice, and if the number you named comes up on any of those dice, that's how many times you have to fight a villain. Right. Second thing is back to basic dice resolution, okay? So back to how we deal with these agility tests and all that stuff, okay? So we know that stats equal number of dice rolled. We know that there's different types of X's, and X equals how many times you have to equal that number, right? Right. Here's how it works when you roll the dice. So let's say that your agility check is three and you get to roll three dice and you need to hit five or three five plus successes. So you have to roll a five or a six three times. You roll the dice and you score. Let's just say let's say you have a four agility and you get to roll four dice and you score a five, four, four, one. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's one success, but you need three successes. Okay. So you pick back up the three you missed with because you had one success. You get to re-roll <coughs> those three dice. That game allow the game allows re-rolls on all your failed dice as long as you succeed on at least one die. Right. So then you pick up the three dice again and you roll and you get a six, three, and two. So now you bank the six with your five and you get to roll the other two again. Now if you roll on the last one, you come up with a four and a one. You'll fail and you go to that that cliffhanger side okay everybody's got that right got it that's how this game works so you get lots of dice rolling and re-rolling and that kind of thing and it's not you don't need a lot of gear to make that happen but gear does come into play and you'll get to add more dice and 
collect stuff and buy stuff. But now at this point in the game, Nicole, we find a strange city in the northwest of the United States. And we really need to hear about this because I've never heard of this city. Have you? What city? Oh. We are going back into the Golden Mummy, the city of the Golden Mummy. That's where I'm going next. Yeah. Uh, And all three of us are in, right? Mm -hmm. So here we go. Let's do this. Danger card. We are, just mind you, we are in the Pacific Northwest in the mountainous region up there looking for the, looking at the city of the Golden Mummy and when we come across a swampy trail. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Global warming. (laughs) The, uh... (laughs) It says, this trail leads off through the murky swamps. Try to find a way around the worst of it or push through it to the heart of the bog. The Canadian bog. (laughs) Um, So we can either do a lore four plus and you get one success and this danger does not count towards collecting an artifact. At least that got way too loud. Can we just turn it off? No, you shush it. Stop trying to spoil my good times. (laughs) Xander needs awesome music to sleep. I know, I was like, I'm surprised I didn't wake him up. <laughs> he knows good. Mm. A little bit more. He just enjoys it. Mm. This is the quiet part. That's all you get. Okay. Okay, so we can either do a lore 4 plus, <coughs> and this danger does not count towards collecting an artifact with a single success, so it's like a pass automatically kind of thing almost. Or we could do a cunning five plus with three successes. So they're like draw a new card or do a tough cunning check. I mean, I think we should just do this tough cunning check and try to pull it off. What do you guys think? We've got plenty of hit points between the three of us. We're pulling (laughs) off some good stuff. Okay, here we go. It's not one of those super hard ones. So here's my initial roll. Uh, I got two successes. I can re-roll one more. I got three successes. That's all I need. So you guys don't have to spend any hit points. We've already got three glory in the bag. We're pushing on, but here's what's the problem. To push on, we have to go past Joey Smiles because he's still here. He's got a search of five. So I take the five dice and you guys have to pick what number you want to do. Don't peek. What do you got? What do you got? Okay, here we go. Rolling the five dice. I picked a one. Just so you know. Oh, Nothing. Two sixes, two twos, and I a five. I picked a six. I got a two. Oh, oh no. Well, you're probably going to knock out Joey is what's good news. Yep. Okay, so you have to do two fight rounds apiece against Joey. Joey has four combat. Oh, it says he's crazy. Once per round, he re-rolls all of his misses. I didn't do that last time. Ooh. After re-rolling each of his fight dice that still miss causes him to hit himself. Oh. Okay, so anyways, we'll do that this time. So, four, who's doing it first? Matt? Sure. Okay, so he rolls his four. He misses with two. He hits you with two, so he rolls the other two again. And he hits with both of them. So he does four damage to you. You probably have a defensive one. Mm -hmm. So you take three wounds. There you go. Okay, and how many did you do to him? Two. Okay, he gets one because he soaks one. So he's got five points of damage, and he's ready to fight you again. Are you ready to fight him again? I'm fight his face. Okay. Okay, he missed with three. Oh. Uh, he hit with all but one, so he does kill himself, but he hits two. He hits, hits you three times, so 
he'll, he'll do two more points of damage to you. And then I get killed. You're knocked out. So you get knocked out and put where? Where do you go, Hollywood? LA. So you go back to Hollywood. You're knocked out. Now, you don't have any special stuff, so you have to roll one die and lose that much of your glory because you have no special anything. So you lose three glory. Okay. That's but he gets knocked out as well, so he's gone. You don't have to fight him, Brianna. Are we just, wait, let me see something real quick and see if you take turns fighting Oh, yeah, because then that would have meant that... Because that would have meant that Brianna got to attack him next, and yeah. I would still have him kill himself, too. But he would do two points of damage to her. Um, multiple heroes in a fight. They must trade off doing individual fight oh, yeah. rounds. So, yeah, you're back in again, Matt. You don't take the two points of damage. So did we just give those to me and assume that it played out the same way? Uh, you would or take you two points of damage. Right. So she gets her two points and then doesn't lose anything else. <clears throat> okay? Okay. We'll just assume, because he, he killed himself. He, you yeah. didn't kill him. So, now we are back into adventuring, and we could just adventure as much as we want. So we're pushing on, right? Yeah. Matt, you confident? Mm-hmm. You're like, no. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to guess that everybody listening realized that we switched soundtracks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Turns out that a little over an hour in, the third time on that soundtrack was not the charm. No. And I have the, I have all four full score soundtracks to Indiana Jones by John Williams. <laughs> so that's who's doing all that music in the background is John Williams. <laughs> I like the Flying Frog soundtracks, right. but I got to admit on this one, it's it's not the most. It's too short. It's well, 25 minutes. it's too minutes. short, but it also doesn't really, it doesn't give you the the theme effect it fits better with the other games. Right. So, anyhow. <clears throat> well, that's that's fine, but we had to switch up. We had to switch because up. Because the uh, the Indiana... This game's long. Right. The Indiana Jones score I have is is seriously like five hours or six hours of music. Right. And it's perfect because it's John Williams. It's, it's not perfect. the first time we've played this game with that soundtrack. I bought that soundtrack for this game. Exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a fantastic one. And uh, something else I need to mention is that knocking out a villain is you hear that happen and that simply temporarily removes them from the game for a couple rounds because they start off. You lay them over on their little villain card and then you what what is it? You stand you them, them up, up or something like that. And in. the next round, they get to actually join onto the map again. Right. And like I said, at the start of the game, one of them starts. But by not going in, but coming in at the, during the villain phase so they don't explore. And another one st- like starts laying on their side, stands up and then comes in the, the round after the, the first one comes in. Uh, so that's the state that, that Joey Smiles finds himself in at the end of this round. Now, speaking of villains, we have heard several player rounds, and we have never heard an actual villain round. So let's listen to one of those. Okay, so that's the end of her turn. We're back around to the villain phase now, I think? Yes. Okay. So the villain phase, we get to do the... Draw um, event villain. Villain, villain event. event. I'll do it this time. Oh, it's vile tactics. Roll once on the villain's tactic chart. Matt, roll a d6. Two. Two. New hideout. Place a new mob hideout in a random city. Limit one per city. If there's already a a hideout there, you redraw the city. It's a city or... It's on the back side of the ones that look like Nazi symbols. New Orleans? That's it. So the New Orleans has that. Oh, that's how you do it. Okay. It now has a token on it. Okay. Okay. Um, so then 
that's all there is to that. So also, during our step now, they get to gain, uh, because they're, roll a die, like a, another five or six sided die, please. Three. Three? Okay, no new, no new mobster, that's the good news. Uh, they now get two fortune for their, uh, for their cities, and now they get to move up another time because now they're up to nine. Mm. Fortune collected, okay? Um, so now we are at their adventure phase. This guy stands up because now he's going to be ready to deploy next turn. Joey Smiles is almost recovered. But down here, Franco Fedici gets to search again. Brianna, do you want to roll five search dice or do you want Matt to? Five search dice. He found three. three. <clears throat> so he gets three more, which means they go up another point. That one's almost gone. We got to grab mm -hmm. that from them because that counts as an artifact. Yeah, he'll get three. He'll get three points of track if he gets that. Okay. Mm. Okay. So that's the end of that adventure phase for them. Okay. And that is back around to initiative phase. All right. There's a villain phase. So let me talk about hideouts. Hideouts. Every turn they generate a new mobster on the board per hideout, and they. The, whenever mobsters are going to enter a space where a mobster's already at, they'll end up like making the mob little villain track go up. Because uh, what we're doing is like right now, we're playing to a total, like let's say 40 fortune. I can't remember what it was. It was 15 for each player. Right. Okay, so we're playing to 60. I think so. Okay, so anyways, we're playing to a sizable amount. They're playing until their track reaches like 15. And every time they get three fortune, they get another point on there. And there's other circumstances. Sometimes it just says increase the villain track one space on a card that you draw for the villain event. Sometimes it's like if you have a henchman land on a spot that's already got a henchman in it, it increases the track automatically. There's just It's just good not to have villain hideouts on the actual map. Now, you can attack these, as you'll hear later on. Uh, but in this case, you can hear that we get another one that was like unfortunate because of a roll that we made on the villain tactics chart. Um, now, of course, they also are searching for these things and they use that little like the little search roll, the same thing you use to try to hide from them and sneak past them to find those things. And I think they collect on fives or betters is what they do, like when they're trying to collect artifact treasures and stuff like that. And they'll get successes towards getting past a... Uh, an artifact cert, you know, danger rating or whatever it is, you know, and they'll, they'll try to get to that first. And if they collect it, they get to just take it. They don't have to go to a city and sell it. They keep it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of where you're going is you're trying, you are racing against like in our case, the mafia to try to stop them from taking these artifacts first and then increasing their level. So let's just listen here because we've got some city problems ahead. And in an Indiana Jones game, you don't really expect that, but they're in it. So let's listen to that. <laughs> uh, so you've moved into there. Yeah. And now it's back around to me for my adventure phase. I get a city card, please. <clears throat> and if it Gosh, shanghais sorry. me and shanghais me back to Shanghai, I'm going to be Shanghai mad. Okay. <laughs> just another day in the city. No. Oh, no. Here we go. What yours do? Uh, I get I get fully healed. Oh, but what's but the card thing? I, I think you reshuffle the city deck, which means we refill the docks. Oh, here. Oh, 
don't worry about it. I don't care about the shuffling thing. But okay, here we go. So another day in the city, I have to roll a d6, and it's in Shanghai, so it's a three. Luckily, I'm not having a shootout, at least. So it says, Rampage through the streets. A fantastic animal brought back from a recent expedition has broken loose from its exhibit and is rampaging through the streets. Flee in terror. Your turn ends immediately or attempt to subdue the beast by making an agility, cunning, lore, six plus single success test. If you fail, you take 2d6 hits. If you pass, you get 2d6 glory. Oh, that's so bad. I basically get four rolls to potentially subdue this beast to roll a six or I end my turn again. This is awful. I, I'm getting totally just stifled here. I can't. I can't afford to take two d six damage. I'm going for it. Here we go. Trying to take it out. Come on, Angela or Angel Espinoza. Here we go. Six. Boom. I subdue the beast. <laughs> so what do you get? I get two d six glory. Eight. Nice. Okay, so now I can actually do my normal turn that I've been wanting to do for a while. Now, so collecting uh, artifacts out in the field doesn't really get you the fortune or the glory you want. It gets you the glory, but not the fortune. Fortune's how you win the game. Mm -hmm. The only way you're going to get fortune from this is bringing those artifacts back and selling them to people, which has to be done in a city. And in this game, you have two types of cities, minor and major cities. In a minor city, it sells for exactly what it says on the card. In a major city, it sells for exactly what it says on the card, plus one. Mm -hmm. And so you have to go to the city. And when you do, you have to draw from a city adventure deck or like an event deck. Usually there's bad stuff there. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's a specific, in this case, there's a specific card that gets drawn that uh, says like just another day in the city. And it caused me to reference a chart. Now, this chart is part of an expansion again, because there's two expansions I'm playing with both of them. In this case, it gives major cities sort of a, a personality, because it gives you six different little random, random results that can happen from drawing this generic, like, normally, normal game, nothing happens. But in this game, all of the bays, like, or all the harbor cards are chips. The docks. Yeah, the dock chips, which are these chips that get added in an expansion, they give like a, a random event if you decide to go down there an extra place to explore, but they're usually pretty bad too. Um, so in this case, uh, I got this random event of this beast running through town and I get to subdue it and I collect a bunch of glory for doing it because everybody in town has seen me take down this big beast and they're like, oh, that guy's pretty cool. Right. You know, uh, and all of this stuff happens. All these potential for things to happen happen before before you're allowed to buy anything or sell anything. So you show up in town and all sorts of bad stuff happens to you potentially. Then you get to do business. Like, I'm going to go get something to eat. Wild beast, gunman, fight in a bar. Now <laughs> I get to buy a gun that I wanted to buy, you know? Right. So that's what happens. Uh, now, from here, we actually move forward quite a bit of time. Our team split up. Okay, the mobsters begin to collect fortune faster because of the extra hideouts. We get into a massive, like in a, it, Matt gets into a massive uh, mob, mobster fist fight, 
and takes out one of the uh, one of the the little hideouts. Allies get kidnapped. We destroy a mob, and he destroys the mafia outpost. We steal fortune from them. We find the heart of Poseidon. We find the clasp of darkness. We find a surprise villain who wasn't even in the adventure in the first place. A lot of adventure occurs from here. I'm just telling you, bringing us to this moment. When Matt begins a Hail Mary attempt at taking the mob, mob's main base out in Chicago to steal an artifact, and he begins by trying to sneak past eight guards in this final clip. Is it eight? It's eight. You have to call out a number. Five. You go straight oh, in yeah. and take it out. <laughs> he just called out five and took out the mob HQ. You're so welcome. you now can can uh, take as much fortune to move down three, or you can steal the clasp. If you take fortune, they move back down. If I take the clasp, I can immediately sell it because I'm in Chicago. Right. I'll do that. Okay. So you take the clasp from them. Immediately sell it for five. And you sell it for five. So we get five more glory, or fortune. And then it's Brianna's turn. What are we at now? We need four more. Brianna, what do you do? You get to roll a d6 again, because you're in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) I rolled a three. Okay, nothing happens again. (laughs) Pathetic. Nicole's turn, what do you do? I sell my shadow. For four. (laughs) For three. Oh, for four. Is that all we needed? Yeah, that's all we need. We win. Ta-da! You're welcome. There you go. We won. (laughs) I don't even have to sell my deal now. That's good. Exactly one. Well, there you go, Nicole. We are going out with a rare on this podcast. Co-op win! I know. Can you believe it? Never. Never win. Might have once. Didn't we once? I don't know. Probably not. We won, a, we won Agents of Smirsh when we're, our recording got messed up by a cell phone call. Right. We're terrible about winning co-ops on this podcast. And yeah. This is an example where we actually did. Now, the mob got close, but every time we did, Matt, like a like a kamikaze, would just go in there and, like, you Beat know, against up. all odds, take out bases, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you like about this game, or do you want me to start? Oh, this one's easy. It's just that the theme is fun. The variety is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Even without the expansions, you have a ton of variety in the cards. Um, (coughs) The miniatures are fun. The board looks fantastic. None of it's too hard to read. I mean, it's just I can keep going. Do you want to add some stuff? My things. Here's here's what I've got. Theme, theme, theme. There's just this is just theme. It's so much theme. I think they do a good job of, of balancing that out with a you know a, a decent amount of like uh, ways that you can sort of re-roll dice and keep it exciting. So you're not just simply matching numbers. You get to buy gear. There's gear that's just available to you. There's random gear that pops up. Mm-hmm. There's there's all of those elements that Flying Frog puts in that that makes it so you're you don't feel like you're getting stiffed all the time. Whenever you go to a to a card draw, you know what's available here automatically in the common items pile. You could risk a gear and get something amazing, or you could just go to common. You can hire henchmen. You get all this nice little exploration stuff, and it feels a lot like Eldritch Horror in that regard. Mm-hmm. But this preceded Eldritch Horror, and it does that cool cliffhanger stuff 
that's that just is not there. And the enemies seem to be a little more, you know, enemy type centric than Eldritch Horror even is, because these are very similar feeling games to me. I'll agree with that. <laughs> um, I think the artwork is amazing. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's got that combination of just art and and photography that I love. I don't care if you're the guy that hates the comic book art or, or hates the photography cart and only art and only wants the comic book. Fine. Don't buy this. I don't care. You're giving up a great game. I like the art in it. I, I like the love photographs. the photography. Yeah, Actors act better than comic book pictures. I don't care what you say. They just do. It's mixed in nicely, too. I mean, the board itself is all drawn. It's not, There's you know. There's a ton of replayability in this game. Tons. Yeah. Even if I just played just one vile organization, I don't know what villains are coming in because mm-hmm. I have several that didn't even take part. <laughs> I don't know what artifacts are going to be teamed up, like with what other type and, you know, type card and 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 I don't know where they're going to be. That's all randomized. There's tons of heroes, so I don't know who's going to be what and how it's going to actually play out. Mm-hmm. There's so much variety in this. Well and you can do you can do either competitive or co-op. Or team. Or team. I mean that's insane. Right. It's an insane amount of variety. So you just mix it up however you want. You throw in the ingredients you want and what comes out the other side is a nice adventure. Yeah. It's 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 going to be unique and it's going to feel cool. And it's just it, that's what it is. This is what Flying Frog is all about. Like, to me. this doesn't even include when we've played it before with the Nazis. Is it in the competitive mode where you have like the Nazis will like every time the blimp will move toward one of the uh, adventurers and it'll poop out a Nazi onto the board. It's so bad. And you just end up with this board just the, full of Nazis that you got to try. And it has a war Zeppelin miniature. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. Uh, it's the closest to me to the Indiana Jones experience that has ever been produced in a game. I mean, the adventurers are probably the second, but they give you that individual temple experience. Whereas this gives you the whole dang movie. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Uh, I like, like I said, that there's so many moods, like modes. There's co-op, competitive, and team. I think that there's a decent amount of unique elements. There's characters combined with gear draws, combined with artifact combinations, combined with just, you know, different villains. It's amazing how much is in this. And mm-hmm. three different vile organizations. I think the production is top-notch. I think so, too. You get a ton of little miniatures, tons of cool stuff. There is so much glam to this board game. It's amazing. Yeah, and I would say like nine times out of ten, what you're doing fits the, the <laughs> place where you're at. Like uh, like the city, you know, you're in a city. What kind of an adventure am I going to have in the city? Well, there was a sideshow and the, the fantastic beast escaped from that show. Right. In the city. It only makes sense that it would happen in a city. It doesn't make right. sense it would happen in the temple. Right. You know, so that fits. And the only time that that became, that we did have a problem with the theme was uh, there wasn't an example where I was fighting some lady in a temple and she was actually in the same temple that Matt was in halfway across the world. Right. It was the same one. That was a bummer. <laughs> that's fine. But that's a rarity. Here's something. And it still doesn't take that much away from it. <laughs> Here's something else like in the cities, you not only now you have another level even than that, because if you get the expansions, you now have the docks to do weird stuff like, for instance, getting Shanghai, which right. I didn't include an eclipse, which actually involves you getting kidnapped and sent to Shanghai. And I should have looked up the history on that because that's ridiculous. But it happens, you know. Right. And I'm going to tell you that a lot of people are going to be scared of this hundred dollar price tag. But this is, is still it. that much. 
This is it. This is the MSRP That's... is 100 bucks. <clears throat> I'm just telling you that this is it. This is your Indiana Jones in a box. I think the replay- replayability on this one is ridiculous. Right. Now, let, let me give you my, my few dislikes because there's not many. Okay. Random elements can diminish the fun. You can get dice burned. Yes. Okay. You can if there's get, dice involved, that's always a you risk. You can watch other people have a runaway success with their turn and your turn is garbage. It may happen. It's it's there are it does come down to dice, but the dice give you a lot of fair chance. What? Well, it looks like it's out of print right now. And oh. if you look at Amazon, six offers from three hundred dollars. It's so good. Find it somewhere it's else. It's not though. worth three hundred bucks, but it's totally worth a hundred bucks. Plus eight eight forty nine <laughs> shipping. Let me tell you something else. Uh, the game in the early stages feels a bit one-dimensional. You need to give the game a chance to sort of grow and blossom because you have a bud at the start of the game. By the end of it, you have a rose. And you have to get the gear and you have to get the allies and you have to have the adventures for it to truly be what you want it to be. Okay? It just it starts off a little one-dimensional. Like it, You just feel like, Oh, what, the Treasure Hunter thing? Do we have that one? Of course. Okay. There's a Treasure Hunters expansion. I didn't know if we had it or not. It adds a bunch of game cards to all the decks, and I think it adds the city element in the docks. Which is cool. Um, So anyways, specifically the matching numbers on the dice with no modifiers, you know, because you don't have any items in your hand or or on your character, does feel a bit one-dimensional at first. But as you get those items, it becomes less... You know, it becomes more of a, do I use this? Because I can only use it once per turn. Do I use this now? That kind of thing. Um, The one big complaint I have is the same one I have with every Flying Frog production there is. The coating they use on the cards sucks. They use this glossy, sticky coating. Now, it makes those cards completely like, you know... You know, it makes them the best cards that you could have against like spilling whatever liquid you have at the table on them. But guess what? They stick together and they don't shuffle right and they clump shuffle. I don't have that problem. It's terrible. I have a huge issue with that. One of the first things I have to do every time I open a Flying Frog game is actually get each individual card out and rub them with the card above them and below them to make them sort of lose that sticky quality and give them a little sticky, like a little like smoothness. Right. It's just awful. I I hate their coding on their games. I really do. That's my biggest and only real complaint with that, with their games universally. And it's in this game too. So let me ask you, Nicole, what do you think the difficulty of this game is out of five to teach? Yes. I'm going (laughs) to say the book is really big. But if you really break it down, I don't think it's horribly bad. I think the book's laid out pretty well. I I would say like a three. Each element on its own isn't that difficult. I'd say it's a three. It's a solid three. If one person has read the book cover to cover and knows what they're doing, has played a couple practice rounds, done their homework, it's a three. We don't come back with a whole lot of... I mean, there were definitely questions. There's always questions well, when we play a game. You heard me there in two of the clips how fast I looked them up, and it was right. nothing. yeah. So that's as fast as it takes. Right. It's not that bad. It's laid out pretty, pretty logically. It's not quite rules reference where you just look up a, an index and find the, the title of whatever you're looking for is. But I, I find I have problems with those, too, because they don't they'll label it three different ways. 
or could be labeled three different ways, and they label it one of the three, mm-hmm. you know? So in this case, I find that I find the stuff I need pretty quick, and it's not that bad. You just have to sit down for 30, 40 minutes and read it. Just do. Yeah. That's how it is, and everybody else will have a good time because you did that, because you invested in them, you know? <laughs> it's true. Uh, so I give it a three, you give it a three. What would you give this out of five? Five. It's five. It's a five. It's five. In this genre and in, in what it's trying to do, nobody else really does it better. I'm just, I'm sorry. Nobody else really does it much at I mean, all. I mean, the, the closest is Eldritch what Horror Eldritch, tries. But it's, but it's horror compared to adventure. Well, and I'll also say this. Eldritch Horror adds expansions, which adds to the length of the game and, uh, to me, diminishes the fun. This one's added expansions and hasn't diminished anything. I, I agree with that. I like the, the way the expansions work with this. It it just enhances the game and doesn't make it... Mm-hmm. It's not like you want to go, ugh, I wish I'd have taken that expansion out. I felt like that on a couple of the Eldritch ones. I would play this over Eldritch Horror most days. I just would. Uh, it depends on the day. If it's October, I'm playing Eldritch. Right. But, I, I mean, it'd be a tough call. April 2017, which one do you play? Well, we played this, obviously. Boom, because, of course, it's great. <laughs> and we haven't, pl- <laughs> we haven't played this one on the podcast So we before. both give it a five. Yeah, it's, it's, it's as a far as five. these themed, just, you know, you know, junky, throw dice, have a good time, tell a story game, it's top notch. Mm-hmm. And Flying Frog is just, they're the masters of that anyway. Hopefully they'll republish, because... Uh, I don't want to republish. I want more titles. I want them to do something other than yeah, but I don't Shadows want of Brimstone. To, I don't want them to have to spend I don't want people to have to spend three hundred dollars to get this game. <laughs> They'll reprint. I'm sure they're they just will in at between some point. printing and the, the jackals are out trying to make their money. <laughs> Nicole, I asked some <laughs> I asked a question to the guild. Let's listen to it. Let's get this get this episode to a close. Okay. Let's get through these questions. that bass i played that bass you've said that before <laughs> isn't that awesome i love it the baroo i took that from gene simmons oh okay Listen to the kiss songs they play gene simmons that's one of his big signature moves in the middle of songs he'll be like baroo. <laughs> <laughs> uh so anyways i solicited the guild for topics that they would like us to visit before the end of the podcast Brendan jumped in first. <laughs> With his sounds like a guy voice. <laughs> he says, uh, I'm going to miss the tab cast. Uh, he asks, what was the best part of doing the show? I'm going to have to say two things. Now, you know, Cole, you can say something different, but I, I say number one was our guild. Yes, it was just fun to having having people that actually listened and interacted with us. That's huge. Yeah, I like the interaction. It a lot. made me feel like I wasn't talking to a vacuum. Right. It really definitely. did. <laughs> uh, the second thing was having friends over to record. It really gave us a good excuse. Now, granted, they would come over and kind of look at us and be like, I don't know, you're going to record me? And you're like, relax, I'm not with the FBI. I'm giving it to them after the recording. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You'd be like, relax, it's not that big a deal. Not that many yeah, people, people listen. B- it's okay. Basically, they'd forget about the, the mics like, 
you know, after like a minute, it's right. like you're not even right. paying attention. So that was the two things I would say are the best part. What would, do you have a third thing or are you? No, I mean the guild, the guild members, I think that's, you know, been really, really fun, really good to, to know that there's this group of people out mm-hmm. there that, uh, I've got other answers, but, uh, <laughs> what, what do I got? That's I not know. your printout. That's not my printout. I don't know what happened to my notes. It's right there. Oh, is that my notes? <laughs> um, <laughs> What? Sorry, what? Well, you give I mean, me I'm your notes. You. But uh, no, part like with the guild, the, a lot of people have, have said, you know, if we ever make it to this place or that place to let them know and we can right. play games. And I, I hope those offers still stand if we ever get to any of these places. Right. Sometimes we travel. And if anybody <coughs> ever gets to Kansas City, you know, look us up too. Seriously. Right. Send us an email. We'll start. Right. Emails will still work. Especially right. the... What does it talk about? Board games at gmail.com? Of course. That'll yeah, that work forever. Yeah, that one's not going anywhere. <clears throat> All right. So uh, favorite game on our shelf that we have in five for five. Now, this this uh, question kind of confused us because we, we do reviews and then we do five for fives. Five for fives are games we played five times and we've included them, you know, as a series to sort of complete. Uh we're sort of understanding he means just games that we didn't that we like a lot that we never put on the podcast. Or review it on the podcast. What do you think? I don't think there were really any that we didn't re- at least review in some capacity. Right. But there were a lot of them that we didn't make it to. Right. I would say that the nature of this podcast beast is that we play what we talk about. Yeah. That's just how it works. The, right. The, this, this ever hungry beast needs food and you have to feed it. And so whatever you touch has to be shoved into that mouth. I know a lot of things didn't get played just because they weren't going to fit into whatever we were doing on the podcast. Right. Like a uh, Kingsport, uh, what's it called? Kingsport, Kingsport Festival. Festival. Right. Because it's a horror theme. So we kept thinking, well, we need to do that at Halloween time and we don't want to, we just did Halloween. So and now we don't want to do player. another one. It's three players. So that's a whole nother little thing. So it has to be scheduled around people coming over who know they're going to record, blah, blah, blah. Right. Exactly. So it's just, it was like, we still haven't gotten it to the table and we've had it for Four years? Three, Three years? I think, yeah. So the two that came up to, in my head that we that we've that I've at least touched and looked at and said and you would you and I have played one of these already, but we just never really got it to review on the podcast was Mechs versus Minions. Yeah, that's a newer one at least. I wouldn't say it's a favorite, but it seems really good and I've I've heard really good things and I even recommended it to someone and they bought it based on just that the license, you know, of the video game before that, that led to it. I can't mm-hmm. even remember what the name of that is anyways. Uh, the other one is uh, Shadows of Brimstone, the other flying frog game that I mentioned. It It's sitting in my closet. I glued all the pieces together. It didn't mm-hmm. include glue and made Nicole really mad. The glue thing, yeah. And uh, We were it's asked sitting... on another episode if, we were, if that was going to be a game that we would play. And we were like, yes, it is. And yet here it just never, it still never made it to the table. Right. You it know? just hasn't been the right time to do it. Or the right occasion. Or we haven't had time in the day. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, so he says, how is your gaming life going to continue change after the show is over? Uh, honestly, we are still looking into doing some video stuff. We really are. <laughs> Which Fred has been saying for like but, ever. Well, I mean, but, I, I think I think it's finally going to start kind of moving that direction like pretty soon in my private life just that I'll focus some energy on that. I've had This is the funny thing. I don't know thing. that it, it, it won't be as... Uh, Structured is what this right. is as far as every two weeks we make this happen. Yeah. But I mean, I, the funny thing is, is I wrote a theme song for that a year ago last February. Right. 
and never have used it. It's just sitting there on my desktop. I listen to it every once in a while and go, oh my God, that's so good. It's so like Green Day. <laughs> well, here's the thing too, though. I, I mean, I think even just since we announced that we were going to quit doing the podcast. Right. We've been, we actually played, I mean, think of how many pl- games we got in the what got played. Right. Because we didn't have to like, well, we better not talk about too many right now. We better just, if I talk about, if I play too many right now, I'm not going to be able to remember what I talked about right. or whatever. Or, or I should save that for a feature and yeah. not use it on a t- I don't on want, what got played. I don't want to burn that talking about it now because we could use it on a feature. We could use it on a five for mm-hmm. five. Right. You know, like we would talk um, ourselves out of playing games because we know we, we we know we want to feature that one at some point. Right. And but Nicole and I have very we've talked a lot and, and we're kind of thinking that whatever we do in the future, it's not going to be board game exclusive. It just isn't. Yeah. I don't think I don't we'll, think I don't think we'll enough... ever reach like another. We're going to do this annual board game thing every week or two weeks or whatever. I, just I don't, don't think, think there's enough happen. room in the podcasting universe for what we have to offer in board ga- board games. Right. It, we're just, I, th- I think like the newsworthy podcasts are always going to be something people listen to because news never fails. Right. Um, I mean, think about it like NBC nightly news being the same show for 60 years. You got one guy telling you the news because news is new every day. Right. But other shows come and go. They have seasons, they have beginnings, right. they have endings. Mm-hmm. So, um, he says, what cons are we attending this year? Nothing board game. Nothing at all, probably. Well, I'm, I'm still planning on us getting to Crypticon, which is a horror movie convention in Kansas City. I think they moved it to St. Joe. Kansas City. What's like an hour? They watch our television. I know. They go to Royals games. Can we get it's Euros the same thing. while we're there? No. We can't go to Euro Paradise. It's Come too on, good. It's and delicious. if anybody else gets to St. Joe, Missouri, go to the Glore Psychiatric Museum. That is a good So time. that you can see the, the <laughs> display of the guy who ate tons of random stuff. And they have all the things they pulled out of his stomach sitting on a piece of gauze. It's and pretty it's gross. hundreds of things. It's a lot. It's horrific, to it's say the least. Pretty awesome. <laughs> Glore Psychiatric Museum. Uh, so... Um, he then says, uh, what horror themes haven't been explored enough in games yet? Uh, I've got a few. Ooh. Uh, I don't think poltergeists have been explored very well. Mysterium is, is weak. I just don't think they've been explored. That's they mind just haven't. reading. They haven't been explored very much. Okay, <laughs> okay. I haven't saved Carol Ann from anything yet. Carol uh, I don't think slashers have been done very much. I think they've kind of barely dabbled their toes in it and basically applied a, a theme that could be applied to anything. Yeah. And said slasher, but not really done a slasher game. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't have a Friday the 13th game, and I don't care what you say. Uh, I don't think the no, blob I- has been done very well, and I really think that investigative horror, uh, like the movie 7, hasn't been really done very well. I think they've kind of got... They kind of got Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. It works, but it's still a combat-centric game. It really is. Yeah. And I think that uh, I think they could just do better. I do. I think that even well, Arkham Horror, the card game, is probably the closest, and it's still not quite there. I came up with an idea of something that I think that you would actually probably enjoy, except what? that it's a one-off. What? Well, I remember we in one of the episodes... In the past, we were talking about horror themes. <laughs> right. And I was saying that I'd like to see uh, a game based on Saw, but how would they do it? Well, now they've come up with all of these exit room and escape room kind of games. Right. If they did one of those in a very horrific styling like right. Saw. It'd be fun. That'd be kind of cool. Sure, why not? I haven't seen that one yet. Right. Where is that? 
I don't know. But I think they kind of do those in a very family-friendly they manner. They don't need to. There could be one that was they like not to. very family friendly. Why They're bother? making all these other things not family friendly, like code names <laughs> under dark, undercover, whatever. Why, and why bother? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, then they ask. He asks you a couple direct questions. He says, "What kind of work do you do? We know you manage a team, but doing what, weirdo?" He doesn't say weirdo. Well, I, I added I that. I don't talk too much about it because I don't ever want them to be like um, Nicole. We found out that you're. Uh, doing this and anything you say anyhow I, I work at a bank right so you know there you go there you go <laughs> we have a lot of rules and things about social media and so i won't be specific about where i work all as far right as that goes. what i can tell you is uh bankers are not accountants so my math skills have no regard on my job ability <laughs> right so anyway, <laughs> he says, what property would you like to see get its own flux edition? I really had to think about that. Um, and just for in general purposes, I mean, Disney, Disney's always, you know, you want every, Disney flux, I, anything Disney. I love Disney. That would actually work pretty good. It probably would, work really well. I they, would know they have quite a, a bit about ton it to choose from as far as that goes. <laughs> but also um, Harry Potter would be fun. Flux. They could do that. Mm-hmm. But if they really didn't care about selling any copies at all, and this one would probably just mostly be for me and Matt, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> they could have the Have You Met Ted card, and you'd win as long as you had Barney and Ted and any of the random women that was uh, not the mother. I don't know if It'd I'd be great. play these with you guys because you, could have the, you uh, like those things too much. The Marshmallow Lily Pad winner, and it'd have to be Marshall like and Lily. Like, you watch those things too much. And you'd ha- there'd be a Stinson... Stinson kind of bro code card where it'd be you'd have to have a Barney and you'd have to have Robin, but then you'd also have to have like a cigar and a glass of scotch. Well, truly, I liked I liked How I Met Your Mother way more than I liked Friends, which is probably against you and Matt's (laughs) beliefs, but I don't care. I like them both. But I liked it. But I don't think Friends would work as well as Flux. I still only liked it at moments. Loved it. I, I thought it was like, a, a, for me, it was like a 5 out of 10 on an average episode, oh. and then it could potentially go to a 10 out of 10, but most of the time it was like a 5 or a 6. But that's where we got, like, we've even mentioned their jokes on this show. Encyclopedia. Right. Well, I know Encyclopedia, but I didn't think it was funnier than Karate or whatever <laughs> Ross's thing. Yeah. It was a stolen joke. Unagi. Salmon skin roll. Right. <laughs> That's funny. See? Okay, but I still don't think Flux would work as well as, or I mean, uh, that Friends would work as well as Flux as How I Met Your Mother. I just, I had a bunch of ideas. And actually, all of the women that Ted dated that were not the mother could be creepers, and the only way they can win is in a Have You Met Ted combination. Right. What? You, well, you didn't ask. Somebody asked. Brendan asked. Blah. (laughs) <laughs> flux and anything is I like bad. flux. All right. So he then asks me questions, which is my favorite thing. I know. You like to talk <laughs> he about says, yourself. He uh, says, what kind of work do you do? He says he knows it has something to do with sound equipment and waiting around, but what precisely? Well, simply put, I'm an audiovisual technician. I specialize in live events. So I do concerts, award shows, fundraisers, etc. More specifically, in my field, I'm a live audio expert with nearly as much expertise in video projection and video production. I am mildly educated as a lighting guy 
And next time you go to a concert and see big video screens with a band on it and the sound blasts you, I do that at various levels. Okay? Not quite a big arena level, but I could do aspects of it, just not the whole event, probably, at the, at the arena level. Truly. Now. Your job is much more interesting than mine. Right. I've worked with celebrities and all that stuff. I, having really said matter. that, I really like my job. Um, <laughs> so if they made a, he then asked me, if they made past the pigs with different kinds of animals, which would be best? I would say rhinos. <laughs> rhinos. <laughs> now, that's fine, but that's just because you said animals. Although it might make me, it would not make me buy it again. If someone said past the rhinos, I'd be like, skip. But if I was in Spencer's Gifts. And I was in the adult section, and there were the anatomy pieces oh, no. version. I would be like, hmm, Frederick. I think I might buy that past the anatomy. <laughs> what? Shame. I would. Shame. I would. Thanks again for all the time and effort you put into the show, he concludes. Rincewind then added, if these tickle any of your fancies, feel free to use them. <laughs> okay. So that tickled Nicole. I did, it did. Uh, the question that always came to mind was, how in the world do you find time to play all these games, and what is your weekly schedule like? So Nicole works a a 40-hour week, pretty much. Yeah, relatively 9 She's, to... Well, it's 40 hours, relatively 9 to 5, and her occasional Saturday. Like, her schedule's like five days a week this week, six days a week next week. Five days a week, six days with a half day, a couple of half days, you know? Right. Is kind of how it works. My schedule, on the other hand, is all over the place, and I and work between... Ridiculous. 50 and 100 hours a week yeah. is what I work. Uh, hovering somewhere around 65 to 70 hours is usually about average is somewhere around 60 to 65 hours. Okay? You have some weeks where it's not that bad. On average, I probably hit about 60, 65 hours. Yeah, because you, you average do, it all well, out. Well, you throw the weekends in there so much, too. <laughs> so It's bad. My it's only, just bad. My only answer to this question really is just discipline. Because the podcast forces me to... I play games because I have to. And and so in regards to the podcast requirements, I just do that. Uh, sometimes finding, I do love board games, so finding time to do that seems a little easier. But it really comes down to I need to know the game and I need to walk into the house with my three hours of free time that day and say, Nicole... Let's do this now. And she's just kind of at, at the mercy of I'm playing a game now and we won't have another chance for three days. Fred is ridiculously <laughs> disciplined, though, in, in every aspect of life. Like if it needs to happen, you're going to make sure that it happens. Like you don't right. let people down. You don't let yourself down. You don't let the dog down. You don't let the yard down. You don't let the neighbors down because you didn't mow the lawn because you didn't feel like it. Right. You don't care if we've had too much rain. The yard really needs mowed. Otherwise, it's going to look bad. So you go ahead and do it on that one day that we have a half an hour where before it's going to start raining again. Right. Even though we really need to want to play a game. Right. So you mow. I mean, just, it's ridiculous. I am not that disciplined. I'll be like, it'll look fine in two days. It's no big deal. I, I say the job will still be waiting there and I'll still be the jerk who didn't do it in two days. Right. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, that's how, that's how this happens. Right. If I had your schedule, it wouldn't be happening like that. Right. And Nicole won't read rule books. She just can't. I've tried. I'm not good at it. She just doesn't do it. I'm not good. I have. She watches videos and then she kind you of You don't learn well when I teach them either, though. 
Seriously. It's, That's fine. It's Argument bad. over. Okay. So uh, <laughs> what game do you love that doesn't get to the table for some reason? Maybe the setup is a pain or you're the only one who likes it. Um, every game I love is a chore to play because of this podcast. Yeah. Okay. So I might say I love Fortune and Glory and I've had it from way before I started this podcast. Oh, yeah. But I don't I've only got to play it two times since I've started this podcast. But I adore that game. I adore it. I absolutely love that game. And this podcast doesn't allow me to play games I want because that beast needs to be fed. Okay, And it's not going to eat the same meal twice. It wants different food every time. Right. And so I have I can't play that game. And we we've I mean. We cheat a lot. Like, we will talk about games repeatedly. We've done it many, many a time. Right. Like the grizzled. <laughs> the grizzled we've talked or about repeatedly. Or birds of a feather. Or eldritch horror, for that matter, right. um, We that we <laughs> repeat. But it's because they're, they're either that good or we just had to have another opportunity or we thought we found some other thing that we wanted to talk about about right. it. Um, but pretty much, for me, anything that you put, anything that we featured or put as a, as a five for five and we gave it a good rating... Those games are on my list of things that I don't get to play as much as I'd like. Right. If we said four or five, we don't get to play them as much as we'd like. Right. And that should be on that list. Yeah. Um, That aside, there's several campaign-style RPG games that I would like to play a lot more because by design, they only become the, the, you know, they only become ripe, ripened fruit when you play them enough. Right. And specifically like Imperial Assault, Mice and Mystics, Myth and Shadowrun Crossfire oh, are Shadow all Crossfire. games that should have been played more by us. We even right. five for five Shadowrun, and we got a we got an expansion, and we still hadn't really played the base game enough for it yet. We haven't played the expansion at all yet. <laughs> I've got two expansions for Mice and Mystics that I haven't touched. Imperial Assault has like ten expansions. I won't buy any of them, right? Because I can't. I won't play them because of the podcast, right? <laughs> Uh, he says, do you have a game that you've done a complete 180 on? Maybe because an expansion made a bad game a great play or it, your opinion changed for no identifiable reason. What do you got? What do I got? Jeez. Um, I want to stay Jeez. positive. I want to stay positive on this. Okay, then I'll go first and you can be positive. <laughs> okay. Mine was Flashpoint Fire Rescue. That you was thought one of the, it was great, and now you don't like it? I, I don't like it as much as you and Matt do. Right. Like, we still never played it on the podcast, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> There's just, it's fine. I don't dislike it, but, right. I mean, I loved it at first. Like, loved it. Right. Like, that and Pandemic was, like, two faves. Absolute. Mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, I'm like, I... While I will still play it if you guys ask me to, I will never, ever, ever, ever ever suggest that game not gonna happen um i don't really have one you just don't have one at all honestly the like i I have games that were made better because of expansions but not that i didn't love already yeah like i loved pandemic and then i bought on the brink which gave me a whole bunch more like guys and refined a couple of other roles and made the game that much more fun it really improved that game it took it from really good to really really good you know, <laughs> yeah. or uh, let's say Lords of Waterdeep. 
before oh the gosh, expansion, it's 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 good. Yeah. After the expansion, it's, it's that much better. Yeah. You know. So oh, I, I mean, those those game. two games are both games that really need the expansion to boost them up. That's on my list of haven't gotten to play it enough. Right. Uh, he says it used you, to be my birthday game. Like I would request to play it at my birthday because we'd right. never get to play it any other time. Right. So here it is. Do you have a favorite episode and what made it so memorable? Nicole, what do you have? Um, I don't have a particular episode as a whole, mm-hmm. but I always like whenever we do the top fives and they're like supporting the games. <laughs> See, and that's part of why we, if we do something in future, it won't be board game specific. Right. Um, cause I like when we got to do, you know, our horror movies and our, well, we do a lot of horror stuff, but the, the haunted places thing or just the. You know, anytime we get to do five, like t- top five fun. ones, that was, yeah. <laughs> you know, even like uh, car chases. That was right. fun. Yeah. You know, I, I love doing those. Those are, right. those are my faves. Right. I think it's because at your core, you're a movie girl. I am. Yeah. I think you're a board game girl, kind of, but you're really a movie girl. But I, I don't actually watch that many movies lately. Yeah. Like, like hardly any. Because they're bad. They're all repeats. Well, of what you've already well seen. a lot of them I have already seen that. Okay, <laughs> that's just like this movie that I already saw. And if you right. look at this, but, but, you know, even with that, it's just, I don't know. Uh, he's personally, I like the Eldritch Horror one for some reason. That's that's one of the ones that I that we first did that I really felt like was fun. Personally, I just was like, I'm so proud of how. The recordings and how all the inter- how entertaining everything was for me personally. I really liked it how Chris and I role played together, and it was. And for some reason, I know we had other ones that were fun, and I had a good time with everybody. But for some reason, yeah. specifically Eldritch Horror episode five, I think it was, was my favorite episode because it was the first one that I actually felt like, wow, I would I would even be entertained by this, you know. I like as far as like. Uh I don't think it's my favorite to listen to, huh? but the uh, Time's Up episode, because it was the Tabcast All-Stars, and yeah. just that whole day of having everybody over in one place. I mean, this, not everybody knew each other, and yet mm. we're all there playing games together, mm. having a good time. No one's angry because right. they won These or lost. These are people that don't know each other. Yeah. Matt and Brianna don't know Chris, Sabrina, and Daniel, Yeah, they like don't met know one Angela time. and Billy. Right. Who don't know Matt and Brianna. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, like, they've, I think they've all kind of maybe met, like, once through us, but, right. but that's, the, that's it for, right. like, a minute, you know? Uh, he said, so I, I, I threw in a few more questions after that. <laughs> that was the end of his. And uh, what will happen to the guild? Uh, I think it will stay intermittently active from me. I won't be asking peaked interest questions, but I might get, jump in there and comment here and there. And just by being like someone who liked our talk about board games, it'll pop up in your board game geek when you log in that, that something's been posted like it normally does. Um, will you still be able to get old episodes? I really don't know, to be honest, because I'm on hip. I'm on a, a company called Hipcast. And Hipcast hosts all our files, and they host, like, up to this many megabytes a month is how much I have when I pay, and I'm going to stop paying. Right. (laughs) This is how much I can upload every month, and I'm not going to pay anymore, so I don't know if my old catalog simply goes away, if I still have access to it to remove it at any time that I want, or if it just goes away automatically whenever I stop paying, or what. Yeah, I mean, because this will post, what, May... 
It'll it'll post right twelfth right or around when we renew, and I'm going to renew one time, and then I'm not going to renew anymore. Yeah, so like mid June. So some it's usually on the fourteenth of every month. So like June fourteenth, I'm thinking this is. We don't know if it's going to just. I don't know if it's going to be there or not. I'm so not techie enough to know. That's that's when I'm going to pay through because we pay ten bucks a month to host our our podcast, right. and I'm not going to keep paying it for nothing. Right. So there you go. Um, finally. Why are we ending? So let me just say this. First off, we kind of started off with nothing. You know, we kind of started off with this idea that a podcast might be fun and we didn't know where it would go. Okay. And we didn't have anybody even talk to us. We had no idea for about six episodes until we got a letter from Glenn. And Glenn wrote us this really nice letter because he, he wrote he wrote us directly. And it was the first time we had ever answered a question on the podcast. And we mentioned his name. And he wrote us this really nice letter saying about how much it brightened his day and how he had shared his podcast with his family or shared our podcast with his family during dinner. So the one thing you have to know about this. So we were really excited about that at that time. Mm-hmm. But the one thing you have to know is that this is a lot of work. And when you take something you love, like board gaming, and you apply responsibility to it, it becomes work. It just is. And so you don't necessarily want to do everything that you have to do, but you just sort of start to have to do it. So imagine you have a room lined with shelves, like we ha- like shelves full of games, like we have. And you work a six-day week, like I commonly do, or like Nicole does every other week. And after all the chores are done on your day off, and all the groceries and cleaning and laundry and mowing and all that stuff, you finally earn the award you want, a board game on the table. And you look in the room, and instead of grabbing the game that suits your fancy at the time, you grab the game that the podcast needs instead. Right. Now, once... Or the... (laughs) That you said that you would play a game five times and it only took two times to know that you didn't want to play this game anymore. But guess what? You said five. So you don't have a choice because the podcast says five. OK, we've Sim- only broke that broke that rule one time and it was that uh, rolling freight. Nope, we broke it for a few acres of snow as well. Oh, God, twice. you're right. Twice because they were the hideous, hideous <laughs> right. games. So simply Anyhow. put. Uh, we have played twice as many games since stop the stopping the sort of like recording for the podcast mindset that we did before. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we would drag our heels because we didn't want to play the games we were playing some of the times. Okay, and if we had a bad one on the on the list, we would purposely just not play games. Right. So second is that's one of the reasons. The second thing is reward. In the podcast world, at the end of 2016, I went on Board Game Geek and I looked. There were 445 registered podcasts on Board Game Geek. When I gave closer inspection, I found 227 of them were actively releasing episodes. 218 were not. So we were podcast number 375 in alphabetical order. Okay? That's just what we were. Buried in this mass of podcasts. Our most downloadable or downloaded episode in one month's time of its release is 208 downloads. That's just what it is. Yeah. That's that's about normal. Now, by comparison, Dice Tower, for instance, gets 50,000 plus downloads, and The Secret Cabal gets 30,000 plus downloads, and they're very open about that fact. It's a bit deflating for us to, to know that we get about 208 is our biggest, mm-hmm. and we usually average somewhere between 175 and 200. And that's been about a year for us now. Now, this basically means that our hopes of possibly monetizing the podcast or receiving support from 
for this podcast from game companies is pretty much zero. It just is. That makes sense. <laughs> now, sans turning this into business, large amounts of listeners or, and, and large amounts of listeners, the best reward we could have was an active community. Now, the activity of ours has size wise has stayed fairly static for like a, like over a year, not really growing, maybe even more, probably about a year and a half, hasn't really grown. We have a small group of really loyal, active people, and I have to thank them, Jeff, Brendan, David, Glenn, Daniel, Rodney, Kurt, Rincewind, for keeping up with us for so long. But our guild has truly been the best part of this whole experience. Yeah, definitely. Now, last summer, Nicole asked me if we should stop doing the podcast. She had taken a different position at her job, greatly reducing the amount of time she had to dedicate to this podcast. I was pretty stubborn about it, and I decided to restructure how much gameplay editing, which is what she was responsible for, that we would add or we'd use in the podcast, and and started doing even full five for five sessions and only like three segment clips from a game. Now, this basically meant that besides the top five lists that we were doing in the episodes, I was basically writing and editing the whole show. Now, this did not stop her opinion that we should probably stop doing it, and at this point, my desire has risen to that level as well to end it. Okay, so that's what we are going to do right now. That's just how it is. Yeah. Now, we really do hope that you have enjoyed our efforts to make board gaming sound fun. We've reached uh, the end of this podcast and we'll still be active on our guild. And to get there, you just need to go to talkaboutboardgames.com, which actually is paid up through January of 2018. And we'll <laughs> stay there until then. You just click the forum button at the top left of the page and it will direct you to our guild. Also, we still have the email talkaboutboardgames.gmail.com uh, forever. So you can always email us at that. Now, if you would, uh, so if you'd prefer to message us directly to all of our listeners, we thank you for spending time with us and for your support. There's no new episode coming up, and we really do thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. That first track's almost over. <laughs> I came in to play the game right now. Here we go. And put three blocks on the porthole. Okay. Where does it track Where's those the stern points? Holds? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> right next, right behind that angry guy. <laughs> I also got a creeper here for Hastor. The French demon. The French demon. <laughs> uh, so I'm also going to play this rule in and, and make it a play three, and I've already oh, played good. three cards, so that's the end of my turn. Oh, thank goodness. Well, I don't want to build one of these other cars. I know. I know. You should cry about it. <laughs> I don't want to build one of these other cars. <laughs> you know what I need to do? Make me take my turn faster? Quit Have talking to me? So I can actually do this? grizzlies and pandas. <laughs> Yeah, who wins? <laughs> it's not a secret. Grizzlies? <laughs> yes, I'm <do>. sure. <laughs> well, okay, that's, that's it. like a French card. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so. French card. <laughs> a strange piece of sheet music flutters to the ground from the rafters. Can you make it out? Why am I running away from sheet music? <laughs> <laughs> I think these are flying backwards too. Yeah. Are they really? You've been flying everything backwards. They don't look. So that looks backwards. 
they all face the same direction. <laughs> this is forwards. That's forwards. Look where my guys are. They look like oh. the well, if you look So at you the, can read the stats that are closest to oh, you. That makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but the ships look backwards then. Doesn't matter. Okay. I hate you right now. Why do you take the card I want every time? Okay, that. Okay. Well, you get to do it the first time this time. Boy, those are terrible. These are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, so now it's my turn. The rest Here. of the game. <laughs> <laughs> A weapon missile. It's a magic missile. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. During the darkness. <laughs> You're going to be able to whack him in the face next hopefully. turn. Hopefully, yeah. You were the boys have been die. whacking my avatar, were you? <laughs> okay, I think I'm just That was gonna... a pretty good Hank Hill voice. Guy's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I'm going to the bank. Would you like to open an account? No. <laughs> On check system. I thought I had money. I don't. <laughs> is that what this says? It's just $100 to open an account. Oh, I have to have oh, money to do that? Dang. You ask the boy for help. Oh, my God. I'm so terrible. You know how I asked him for help? Hey, stupid. You want, you want to help me? Ugh. <laughs> oh, I changed one of them into a su success. The boy shakes his head and slams the door. Come on! He's gone. I'm the worst. Get rid of that person. He's done. Oh, he's done? He oh, left. No. I tried. I'm so... I'm just a stupid athletic thug. My turn's <laughs> over. Rita, come on. If I was going to do a sound effect for the face of the roof rat, I mean, I wish people could see him. It would just be like... Uh, I don't think it would be. What are you, what's yours? <laughs> That's really close. All right. <laughs> I'm going to take... God, do I want a refreshing walk? Blue crystal. It makes the best stir fry. <laughs> refreshing walk, I get it. <laughs> that was good. All right, go ahead and roar. The frog creature chases you out of the dungeon and you can't find a safe place to build. So I just get rid of this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Waste of time. Frog just wasted time. Excellent. <laughs> you oh. roll like a demon. <laughs> 20 races. Mm, Secretariat. Secretariat. <laughs> <laughs> Not the man pony. <laughs> Not the man pony. Secretariat, what I call my admin assistant. Is it? Do you say that? To him or her? Is it a lady? It's a turtle. It's a turtle. Right. Secretariat. Fine. I got a game where we could do the air and tortoise race. Yeah. It comes with Let's just see how this race turns out first. Bet on orange. Weasel wing hunting flock. Always <laughs> a wing hunting flock. <laughs> you gonna build? Are you gonna build? Are you gonna build? You gonna build? 
Are you gonna build? Are you gonna do, do it? it? You gonna build? Do it. Do it. Do it. Buy it. Do it. Buy it. Get it. Do it. Get it. Get it. Buy it. Do it. Buy it. Get it. Do it. Buy it. What else? Buy it. Come on. Do it. Don't you want to? Come on. It'd be so cool, right? If you build it, they will come. Right now, if you you can't go ahead. If you don't, they're never coming. Well, I don't know what to do, guys. Bye. Do I insist? Yeah. That's fine. Okay, he gets two points. Two points. Two points for blue. It's not in there all the way. I know, right? I hate it. It's not in there all the way. Jeez. Oh goodness. Hey, I'd like to keep those ribs. Uh, all right, you invaded. I should invade. just followed a that's what she said by that's what he said. <laughs> they like to keep those oh, ribs. Yeah, hey! I got it. That was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. That's getting edited out, isn't it? <laughs> snake kitty sound like Nicole meows <laughs> meows <laughs> I got my better Mercator so I get five heavens to Mercator <laughs> I'm gonna build three barricades the colony really build a fort gonna build a fort where did all the cushions from the couch go I will buy a, another castle for five and put it in the space that I already owned at the start of the turn, which will be this space right here. <laughs> Why not? Um, and then I will staff it with uh, seven foot soldiers. <laughs> well, those guys sound tall. <laughs> well, no, I'll, do, I'll do a three. That's my zombie noise. That's what they sound like on Walking Dead. Yeah. Okay. Those are... Shh, zombie. Shh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you auditioning? <laughs> yeah. Gag rules. Players may only purchase one token during the planning phase, and that's in effect until removed from the queue. Uh, why does it keep doing that to I us? Don't these know. token limits. But at least you'll be able to get that support. Woo. Hmm. Is he the last in line? Nobody knows. He's the last in line! <laughs> you know, if we weren't recording this, yeah. we'd be playing the soundtrack to Jurassic Park. Oh, totes. Yeah. What about the soundtrack to Evolution? Oh, that would work too. I don't know that soundtrack though. So funny. <laughs> What's my victory conditions? Am I going to lose this because Rex I think you're going to lose it anyway. You only have two points against me. I know, but I'm doing better. I'm starting to do better. Uh, I, yeah, the only way for me to get a victory at all is if Rex leaves. If Rex doesn't leave, I don't get anything. So, so go on. get your dog. So hold on. Uh, one, two, three, Count four, five, down. six, seven, eight. Shamil. Shamil. Oh, cheers. 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 Is that a song? Cheers. Yeah, you can't sing. That sounds like a song. That's not a song. Cheers. Go, go, go. Going to... Going to jail. <laughs> well, 
Well, it's the big show. Yes, it's the big bad show tonight. We have to edit that out too. Hold on. 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 Hold for $2. That's what I gave him. <laughs> That's what I gave you. <laughs> I can't believe that. The peeled nuts. That's pretty funny. Going to the abandoned. That is my house you're in. Well, I'm going to urinate on the floor then. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Bleh, bleh, bleh. want to slug your blood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Useless. Coming on the board, Cleavage Thompson. Ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I'm promoting him. I won't. No. <laughs> no. Boom. So goodbye. Out of there. No more disintegration ray for okay. you. And then. I have to find out if disintegration Joe's available. So I have one that's legitimately on its end. How? Is that possible? I don't want to shoot. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hey, this is Electronic Boutique. Mortal Kombat 2 just came in today. You want to come get it? And I was like, yeah, I do. I got off the phone. I was like jumping up and down like, this is the best thing. What happened? We got the catnip and everything. I got yeah. eaten by roaches. You did. You did. Terrible. Okay. Terrible here, I'll, roaches. I'll, I'll make this even more worse. I'll just pile roaches on you. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> And four to three, four to three, three, four to three, going once. Gotta get a four to three, gotta get a four to three, got three right now, gotta get a four to three. Gotta get a four to three, gotta get a four to three, one to three, one to go. Oh, yeah, I still have this getting flabby. So my athletes. You guys are not healthy. Okay, so you're the first player. Come and give Dreadlock a kiss. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later, Grandma Dreadlock. Do we still need to get to the library? What are you talking about? Shut, Shut your mouth. You need yeah. to go to the library? Shut your mouth. What's in the library? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what is What's wrong going on in the library, guys? our team. This is Nicole's brain fart. Hey, this is a kind of a scary story. You sure can handle this? No. Yeah. yeah. Ah, Hastur. <laughs> the French demon. He's smiling. <laughs> the mouth? I was right the whole time. I told you. I, I, first turn of the grave. I told you. Yes! Are you kidding me? Victory! Victory!